The Game the System podcast is proudly sponsored by 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen. You can visit their website at 1989.com.au. Hi, John. Hi, Mark. John, do you like food? I do like food. Do you love classic arcade games? I love classic arcade games. Do you like to partake in the consumption of an adult beverage or two? I love to. Well, you can enjoy all three at the same time at Sydney's only bar arcade, 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen. What? Yes, that's right. Nowhere else in Australia's largest city can you find classic arcade games like Space Invaders, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Double Dragon, Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat Plus, many more, and eat awesome food, enjoy some craft brews, and all in the company of like-minded retro arcade and console game fans. That's inconceivable. Yes, it is inconceivable, John. <laughs> so stop your blabbering and get on clamouring to 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen at 22 King Street, Newtown. Check out their lineup of games, food and beers at 1989.com.au and facebook.com slash 1989arcadebar. Don't just take our word for it. Matt, what do you reckon? It's good. Sold! I feel I'm in an awkward position for some reason. I don't know why. It's my house. I should not feel awkward. Mm. (laughs) We are once again in... The den of stacks. Mm. <laughs> yes, we're surrounded by stacks. One wrong move could kill any one of us as one of those stacks land upon our heads or very <laughs> breakable parts of our bodies. Ah, you've got so many games I want. <laughs> there should be more than than um, since the last time you guys were here. Mm-hmm. On the top, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have moved around because, you know, I take pictures for the oh. the daily shots of things that I spread out on social media. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wait, but what's that game? Which? You're, My, you're pointing at a stack of games. Mind <laughs> and Magic Gates to Another World. Ah. ah. Very topical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is that game? Well, it doesn't say two. No. No. The Mega Drive one doesn't. The... Okay. Commodore 64 one does that's in the box over there steel steel sealed steel sealed steel sealed so obviously that wasn't the one that I played back in the day I don't have the one that I played back in the day yeah I don't have any mine Mm. (laughs) are we ready to start Hello and welcome to Game the System Podcast episode 13, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, board games and everything in between. It's the 6th of July 2018 and my name's Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. (laughs) Awesome. And how are we feeling? Better than last time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, better. Mm. We're not all sick. No. No. I'm probably 95%. I've still got a bit of a sore throat happening, still got a bit of a sniffly nose, but otherwise I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe too, but it's just been cold, so I just blame it on the weather. Mm. Yeah, that could be the case as well. It would happen anyway, for me. Mm. <laughs> 
Good. And I did forget to ask before we started. We got battery and storage? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes okay. and yes. Good. All right. So moving on, uh, reader feedback. We don't... Well, we do have reader feedback, but it's more in relation to what we'll be talking about later on, which is the Battle of 1989, the mm-hmm. best game released in 1989. A few people had a few comments when I posted the Twitter poll, so I'll save that for after yeah. when we talk about the results of the reader Twitter poll. Mm. And news, I don't really have too much news either, because I think we can probably just delve into what we've been doing and... Of course, the main topic of conversation, the Battle of 1989. However, one thing that's happened, uh, Captain Kong and Misa Mum on Twitter, mm-hmm. they've had a child. They've mm. had a little baby. Mm. So congratulations to them. Yes. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> Indeed. Other than that, not too much has been going on. I haven't noticed at least. you guys noticed anything in particular? No. No. Nothing, nothing exciting. No. Yeah, it's been it's been really weirdly quiet. Hmm. Um there was a couple of weeks there where it was like, oh, there's this is happening and that's happening and that's mm. interesting and mm. we weren't even really intending to talk about news necessarily mm. in the podcast, mm. but then there was all these things happening. Yeah, that's right. And now it's like nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did hear about something happened um an update on the whole Billy Mitchell saga, but I didn't hear the details. But Matt, you're supposedly across the whole supposedly. Billy Mitchell thing. Do you know what was talked about most recently? I heard he made an appearance somewhere. I think it was supposed to be a, a, an interview or Q and A or something like that. But um, he ended up just talking by himself the whole time, hmm. and. I didn't see a transcript. I didn't see a video or anything. I just read that he dodged pretty much all the the key issues. Right. (laughs) So there's not really an update there. It's more that he's still dodging and weaving. Uh, Seems that way, yeah. But I Mm -hmm. I didn't have all the details. It's just what I got that secondhand. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's news that ain't news because we don't actually know what happened. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Rumours about rumours. (laughs) Excellent. So we can just move straight on to what we've been doing in games. Right. Who'd want to go first? So I picked up a CRT TV off our friend from Pinball, Terry, mm-hmm. who um, was really helpful. I put out the call on Facebook to see if anyone had anything. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been looking on Gumtree, and they, they do pop up every now and again. But, um, you know, you have to go visit someone. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've had some... Weird experiences, yeah, with Gumtree. It's um, like the well, it is the Australian Craigslist. Yeah, um, he had a really nice Trinitron TV. It's it's a quite it's a late model one, so it's actually it's widescreen. So that was his. Yeah. Oh, I thought he made it. He grabbed it from someone who didn't want it, but it's no. actually his. Okay. That's no, cool. yeah, it was one that he was using. So um, using. Yeah. My God. Deprived yep. him of his TV. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, not anymore. Like, until recently, Obviously. I think he said. Well, until, yeah, sort of recently. Right. So, yeah, he was using it. Um, and it seemed like a, quite a good TV. Like, mm. 
it would have been expensive when they bought it, if they bought it new. Yeah, I think I saw some pictures of of that TV that you posted, and I'm pretty sure we had the same TV, and we bought it when we bought it new. It was about two grand, mm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, it would have been something like that. Yeah, and it's got um, component inputs. It's got S video, and yeah, it's really nice. Mm. I don't. So from what I've learned about it, it's not the best for like eight bit and sixteen bit gaming but for kind of ps1 and gamecube onwards it's perfect for that why I mean, is it not good for 8 and 16 um, bit so because of the aspect ratio or? yeah so uh not yeah it is that but not just that i mean that's just something that you just set it to four by three and it's fine hmm. yeah you, you just have black bars on the side which who cares um but i think it's something to do with its native resolution um, it still has to upscale the picture. So it's still upscaling even though it's not converting it to digital, I don't think. Hmm. But it's upscaling it from 240, I think, to 480 or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, it's something to do with that. Hmm. So I th- yeah, I don't know specifically what the problem is. It feels good. It looks good. Um, but, yeah. But I have been playing a fair bit of GameCube on it some more monkey ball because i can actually see now Hmm. it's fun yeah it's a great game but it's really hard yeah it's very hard (laughs) yep and monkey ball 2 is easier because you can um yeah it's much easier because you can as you're going through you uh accumulate lives max lives yeah so you can get your max lives up to 99 oh whereas in the original monkey ball you've got three yep and you're stuck with three. Yep. You can get extra lives. Maybe you can get another two extra lives. Mm. Max five, perhaps. Yep. But that's it. And once those are gone, you, you're done. Well, so I, you, you get four continues, I think. Yeah, but in order to get to the master oh, yeah. stages, you have to do it in one right. game. Yep. Yeah, I'm so far continue. away from that that right. it's like, don't even think about that yet. Mm. <laughs> so I... Just on that, you get an extra life when you get 100 bananas. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's how that works. So, I've got past the beginner stages. I'm on advanced. And I think I got up to, like, level 21 or 22, mm. where it's there's some ice levels. Oh, those ice levels are so cool. Yeah, so there was one... Yeah, the last one I was trying to do, it was like a square, and there's bumpers that are moving. Mm-hmm. And you have to like get in line with the bumpers and move I know, with the, the bumpers. Exact level, yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> the ice levels. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's I see, where I got up to. <laughs> I, I see people that that level you were talking about with the the bumpers mm. moving around the the square. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the the speedrunners on say games done quick. Um, what they do when they get to that level because there's certain parts where you have to sit in between the bumpers and just wait for them to move along. Mm. They just walk into the front bumper mm-hmm. and let it bounce them back and then yep. walk into it again, let it bounce them back, walk into it again, let it bounce them back. Just as sort of like what they call a swag strat. It doesn't <laughs> save any time. It doesn't do anything. It looks cool. Right. And it, I don't think it actually looks cool unless you know 
what happens how when you normally do that. Yeah. If you normally do that, because I've tried many, many times, it just bounces you and throws you off the level. Yeah. But they do it in such a way where they just bounce off it. And they yep. can keep doing it over and over. Yeah. Because you're in, you're in such a tight, like... Um, walkway that has no barriers so you can get knocked off mm. easily mm. um and yeah it's like hitting a pinball bumper but also the floor is ice so you've got even less traction so yeah it's uh it's very hard mm. and uh i haven't got past that level yet but i did watch yeah i did watch the games done quick so after i did all this I was like, I really want to watch a speed run now just to see how they do things. Mm. And yeah, watch that speed run with a new appreciation for what was going on there. Yeah. Um, but also saw so many things that I was like, wow, that's a heaps easier way of finishing that level. <laughs> like I think, <laughs> I don't know if it's the first or the second level. I think it's the second level. You can actually just roll off the back of the platform mm. and then there's like a platform underneath with a different gate. Yeah, finish. a gate. Yeah. And so you can actually skip some of the first few levels. Mm. Mm. But sometimes when you see those and it's like, oh, it's so much easier to do that and you try it and there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a lot harder than yeah. it looks. Yeah. yeah, they make it look really easy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's a fun game. Mm. want to play it some more. Mm. But uh, also hard, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. I'm glad you're playing that. As well as Bayonetta, you're playing two really good games. Yes, well, I'm. let's just say I'm open-minded and uh, <laughs> I'm trying things that you suggested. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. Do mm. we move on? Yeah, Matt. Okay. Everybody's favourite segment. <laughs> <laughs> At least we hope so, because there's been a lot of them. It better be. <laughs> Is there been developments? <laughs> um, Somewhere out there, someone's going, yes! <laughs> I waited 40 minutes for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> been waiting an eternity. <laughs> Sorry. John's had his uh, coffee and Baileys. <laughs> I'm feeling so a lot better. Be, um, yeah. Anyway, Matt. The longest production run of a PCB ever <laughs> has finally that's, arrived. That's a big call. Yeah, well, I th- thought it took a really long time, hmm. and I was expecting it to be so long ago to arrive, but they only got here this week. Hmm. So, my version 3 board, which is updated, the old one worked, but this one is updated so that I can do the two games in oh, the yeah. one card, Yeah, and also allow me to do in-circuit programming, so I don't have to pull the chip off to do program to reprogram the EEPROM. Uh, how does that work? You just plug the cartridge straight into your EEPROM burner. Mm. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the plan. I haven't built it yet. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say my mind is blown, but I'll wait until there's something that blows my mind. <laughs> there. Okay. Built. Yes. Working. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. It will I mean, in reality rather yeah, than... Yeah, until it happens, <laughs> I'll... I'll withhold my blownness. Well, it might happen sooner than you might think because of the next thing. No, I just spoiled it. Anyway, <laughs> I put it all together. Uh, you know, it's, it doesn't take long. Just put the couple of chips on. Put in the Atari and switch it on and drum roll. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Oh, yeah. Why didn't it work? I don't know. 
I mean, didn't you do it the same as last time, pretty much? I mean, other than the changes. <laughs> I mean, it's the same except for the things that are different. Other yeah. than the massive changes that have completely re-engineered the board. Sorry. <laughs> it may, may or may not have been paying attention. <laughs> I mean, I got all the tools to be able to troubleshoot it, but I don't want to stress out that Atari too much, so I want to do it separately mm. and just do it you know, in slow motion. I think I can use the EEPROM programmer to troubleshoot anyway. Which mean, which okay, and I didn't use a socket this time because I was convinced not to. Yeah, you know, so I soldered the chip straight onto the board, and I'm not going to desolder it. Mm-hmm. So I have to build the EEPROM programmer support for the cartridge. So, do you have an EEPROM on the front and the back? Ninety one. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right, because it's eight. it's eight K. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, the okay. one chip you can't e- buy four K ones. I had to buy AK. Hmm. And yeah, sure. Hmm. So it's, I can fit two games. It's an EE prom. EE prom. That's right. I'm remembering these things as you remind me. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> so I did. I already had the socket for the cartridge. Um. So I got. Yeah, I've got a mess of wires. Basically, I I, I got the rest of the E proms that I hadn't programmed. You just did them, just so that I can have them aside in case I break the the programmer. Mm-hmm. And I've started wiring the socket in to my breadboard which i had the programmer on hmm. and plugged the cartridge into that and i haven't gone very far with it it doesn't work either but <laughs> oh, i mean it I, will I, eventually I, yeah i think so <laughs> unless there's something seriously wrong it's it's hard because couldn't you it, couldn't you grab one of the the blank pcbs because you've got a few of them right yeah just wire it or solder on and do whatever it was back in the old version plug it in and see if it works because maybe that's a problem with the PCB. Wait, what? Because uh, um, isn't the major changes the PCB? Yeah. 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 So can you set it up to work like it did previously or no? I've still got the old one. I've still got the version 2 one in the socket. Mm-hmm. So I could... Okay, when I turned on the Atari and it didn't work, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's bad. And I pulled that the version 3 out and put the version 2 one straight back in and it works still. Oh, right. cartridge work. No, sorry. The console still works. Yeah. So I'm okay there. Hmm. But, you know, and then I put the V3 back in. Yeah, it's, it still didn't do anything. It's, it's kind of random. It, different patterns. Every time you turn it on, you get maybe just black or maybe gray vertical lines or maybe hmm. funny things on the side. Yeah. Neither of those things sound good. Yeah. I don't know what, what would do that. Hmm. So... That's it. I got to fix. So you start this <laughs> happening. Well, I just got to get time to work on it. Mm-hmm. I just noticed you've got Pictionary on. Is that C sixty four? That is C sixty four. It seems kind of redundant having Pictionary as a video game. I don't know how normal Pictionary works. So no. <laughs> Do you know how that version works? No, I've never played it. <laughs> <laughs> You know how my games collection works. I thought maybe you played it back in the day. No, I don't think I did. Okay. Because it didn't sound very interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just picked it up along the way. Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> cool. So yeah. sorry, before I interrupted you with blowing my nose. Um, That's probably it. I, so I have a not working game. Hmm. One working one, which I don't really want, and a not working one, which I want to make work. <laughs> right. 
So what are the next steps? How do you fault find this? Yeah, so I think using the EEPROM program, I can just make it show me what's in each address block. I can verify. I mean, I, I have a thing where I can, in the program at the moment, I can write the ROM and then read it back out and verify yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. I can read it, but it doesn't read right now. But I could, even if that totally doesn't work, I can just set the address lines and look at what's on the data lines. Hmm. That's enough to see what's happening. If that works, then the whole thing should work. Hmm. It's like slow motion. Instead of you know having it work in your computer, just just set the addresses and see what shows up on the other end. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Hmm. More work to do. Never Remember ending. when you said um, this will be like, this will take up your entire year? Yeah. It's going to be your life. Yeah. This is going to be your life's work. <laughs> yeah. Your legacy. Yeah. <laughs> You'll die at 92 years old and people will be looking at this cartridge going, this is what Matt made. Matt's life work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course, it'll be much bigger and better by that time. Of course. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Do they get bigger? I don't know. It will be because it'll have a um, box and instructions. It'll be like a 3D VR version of River Aid. <laughs> <laughs> On the Atari 2600. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is I've been playing lots of Bubble Bobble oh. from the arcade. Mm. And this is due to 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. Mm. Um, once again, I've talked about this before. They do a competition every two weeks. They choose a game. All of the people listening to the podcast or those who choose to uh, try and rack up a good score. They submit their scores via Twitter. They get collated. And then they, in in the next podcast for 10 pence, they say, you know, they run down the scoreboard and say who won, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've been playing quite a bit of Bubble Bobble, um, kind of... Going back to it now, realizing or remembering how hard that game is. Mm. I forgot how hard that game is. How frustrating it is. The mm-hmm. jump is really annoying to get to grips with. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, when you jump, you need to move in a significant manner to get any momentum. But then once you've got that momentum, it's really hard to stop the momentum and get any sort of control on where you want to land. Mm. And at the same time, you've got bubbles pushing you around and dudes firing fireballs at you and all sorts of stuff. It's, yeah, it's a lot harder than what I remember it to be. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because back in the day, I used to be able to finish that on one credit. Um, And now, no, (laughs) it wasn't happening. Um, So it took me quite a while to get back used to just how the game generally controls. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news is I did get used to it again and I posted the highest score. Oh, yeah. oh nice. So there you go. Winra. So that was a lot of fun revisiting a game that I really loved back then. But again, sort of remembering, oh, it's not quite what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Rose-coloured glasses and all of that. Yeah. But it is still a great game. And it's pretty good in two-player, so maybe if you can... I don't know. Join me for a game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I thought you were going to say convince Brianna to play, and I was going to say, no, that will never happen. (laughs) But I can certainly join you, yeah. Yeah. 
We can travel to the cave of monsters. You can make me feel. Don't finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> You've had too much coffee and Bailey's, or not enough. <laughs> Drink more. Mm. Ah. It smells so good. <laughs> Tastes even better. Atari update. <laughs> Didn't we just do one? <laughs> Atari no, two. a River Raid update. Ah, I see. These are separate things. Yeah, technically separate projects. <laughs> <laughs> Regale us with stories of Atari. So this is. I'm trying to do an AV mod to this Atari. Mm-hmm. That's that's the backstory. Um, I had a working AV mod, one that I'd made based on design on Atari Age, but then decided that I'd explained this before that I. Uh, just bought the UAV mod, which is some guy on Atari H. He's just selling one, a mm-hmm. pre-made board, mm-hmm. um, and that arrived. Um, I installed it, you know, and got it. Away. It worked straight away. Mm-hmm. I don't think it looks any better than what I had. <laughs> so <laughs> there's little let down. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much. It's funny it, with things like that. Like it's, I guess people get very sort of elitist about you know things to do with that you know picture and that sort of thing Mm. and the difference is i mean the more high end you go the least the less noticeable the differences are and um i think yeah sometimes it can be like that you can go to these really great lengths to get an improved picture or sound or whatever it is and then you get it and you're like oh yeah, I think it's better, but and oftentimes you try and convince yourself that much. Oh, better. yeah, it's. I, th- <laughs> I think yeah, it looks great. It looks much better. Yeah, I remember. That's what long... you call a sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you just yeah, because you bought you're something, already invested. you're invested in it. Yeah. yeah, I remember a long time ago, I bought a a a box thing that was meant to create 3D sound out of normal sound. Mm-hmm. And I think this was for the Super Nintendo or Mega Drive or something like mm-hmm. that. Cost a lot of money, mm. and you plug it all in. And I remember convincing myself that yes, it sounds better. It <laughs> sounds three D. Oh my god, the sounds happening behind me now. No, <laughs> it was the same. It was just a waste of money. <laughs> was it a three D sound blaster? <laughs> no. no. Oh. So I can't put these side by side. So I can't compare. Yeah. You know, really, is it better? I, I think it's the same. You could buy another PVM. And then you can no, I need two Ataris. You could get a second Atari as well. I do have two Ataris. But I'm, I, I'm <laughs> not going to break my six switch yet. Hmm. I actually bought two of the mods, two of the UAV boards. Oh. For later. But anyway. Oh, you're getting worse than me now. No, because no, the two. Uh, if this works out on the on the one twenty eight in one, then I'll do it on the on the original six switch. Oh right. Hmm. Whereas me, I'd buy two, use one, and store away the other. Right. Never I don't think it. they're that rare. 
The guy, the guy who is updating <laughs> one would anyway. become part of the stack. <laughs> <laughs> he's apparently been busy lately, but this is the I'm this is the, the fourth version, right <laughs> and he's he's soon probably working on the next one anyway. Hmm. Yeah, oh, so I'll probably keep it. Worth. It's even got the big W st- seal on it. The Nintendo sixty four. That's for owners. It's not even mine. Well, you can tell because it's a Nintendo 64. Why would I own a Nintendo yeah, 64? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, did I interrupt? Yeah. Sorry. Never. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the coffee. It's the <laughs> <babies>. <laughs> Is there a cl- clear pre and post difference? <laughs> there could be. I feel different. Mm. I agree. <laughs> you do feel different. <laughs> <laughs> So you were saying... Oh, God. Well, the short story is it doesn't fix the problem I thought it was going to fix, which is the shadowing issue, Hmm. which is probably intentional. But I don't don't want it. I want it to look... I want all the lines to be sharp as possible. Hmm. And so I went experimenting, which I know you don't like. On this super rare (laughs) board. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... We don't know that it's super rare. No, that's true. Ah, oh, well, there it you is. Go, see. <laughs> I think it is. Oh, okay. I, 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 yeah, but that's not what I said. You I've might, never heard of one. It doesn't matter what you think. We don't know. Okay. Do we know? I don't have. I don't have like hard numbers on how many were made. Okay. But it's rare. Enough, yeah. Mm. Okay. And yet you're Swedish chefing it. Yeah. Just <laughs> throwing parts out. No. Throwing parts in, yeah. Attacking it with a soldering iron. Uh, that that the first time that happened. Hmm. Because the yeah, this mod you had I can't use the same white taps that I did for the old mod, so yeah, I had to do new things. Hmm. Yep. Thousands of dollars, just millions going down the drain as you're attacking <laughs> a soldering iron to this thing. <laughs> Yeah, so getting so to make the things make the lines a bit more sharp, I like you know I don't I'm not because I'm still not soldering too much. I'm trying yeah trying to be a bit hands off. But anyway, just get hold a resistor in your hand and put it over the connectors, which I want to be faster. You can see a difference on the screen, honestly. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I think I need more than just one extra thing. I thought I was only going to need one extra mod to make it nicer, but I think at least two. But it's really weird because it looks a lot more like an emulator when I do this. Um, so it's hard to say. Let's explain. So are you? You look at the numbers, look at the score. That all the Activision games have. A, I was had River Raid up when I was doing this. All the Activision games have a particular font. Hmm. And yeah, on the screen it looks a particular way, and on the emulators, all the characters look fatter. It's because they're hmm. not shadowed or anything. They're just really sharp. Hmm. Hmm. And as soon as I put this, I you know plug this resistor down. That's what it looked like. Is that good or bad? Uh, That's the question. I think it was an improvement. But where does improvement go beyond what, you know, the original thing is, the original experience? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. Is it better? (laughs) That's what I mean. (laughs) I mean, I guess... Technically, it's better, mm. 
But is it better to have something that's technically better or is it better to have something the way it was? The way the author originally intended. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) So you're saying I should just leave it? I just leave it. New ethical dilemmas. No, I wanted to do this. I guess it depends on the desirability, right? Is it desirable to have that difference? If not, then it probably isn't worth anything. Does that make sense? Well, I couldn't mm. find anyone else complaining about this issue, <laughs> <laughs> which annoys me. <laughs> Matt is unique. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, what, okay. what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to press on. I don't know. I work on the game first, but mm. um, I might I might f- try to find a way to do it without mucking around with the board like if i just muck around with the mod the mod board which is just a little square thingy mm-hmm. if i can do all the changes up there then i'll probably i'll do more mucking around up there yeah yeah i think that's a, a good safer. idea yeah. <laughs> i like that idea more yeah mm. so i think i can probably get the same effect happening yeah mm. 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 cool yeah so the ultimate atari video mod not so ultimate <laughs> so what are you going to call your video mod then well, I'm just going to improve his one so is it going to be called the improved ultimate no well I'm not going to sell it oh. so well. right. but I might post on Atari Age asking why why it's like this <sighs> going to start a war yeah. a forum war Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's this asshole who's never posted before have you posted before yeah, well, I posted in the thread when I bought the mod. Ah, right. I think okay. as well, probably t- 10 years ago. I don't know how long it is now, 15. Mm. A long time ago, but I'm a lurker. Mm. I normally don't post anyway, even if I'm reading the forum. Mm. Mm. Lurkers have legitimacy too. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> the ultimate lurker. This guy's been a member for 10 years and he's only got three <laughs> posts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one in, you know, what's 10 years? 2008. But he's that quiet guy, right? One in 2013. So he doesn't say anything for five <laughs> years, but when he says something, it really means something. Well, yeah. if he's, yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Hmm. Uh, my next thing, uh, I finished Bayonetta 2. Nice. Yeah, I um, really, really enjoyed it. More than I expected, because as mentioned before, I tried to pick up the game when it first came out, and it didn't really do anything for me, but revisiting the game in the last month or so, um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I think the storyline is better, more Mm. interesting than Mm -hmm. the first game. Graphics are definitely a lot brighter and crisper and nicer. And, uh, yeah, it was it was really, really cool. And um, now that I've finished it, I have been given a new weapon, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. <laughs> I don't know whether it's... I probably shouldn't spoil it because you're going through the game yeah, no, at the moment. Don't spoil it. Okay. But it's, <laughs> it's very cool. I thought you were going to say ridiculous then. Right. No. Okay. Is it a gravity gun? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a gravity gun. Did the did it have? Is it a BFG? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we going to keep going with this no, guessing okay. game? <laughs> right, we're done. 
<laughs> you had a question, John? Um, did it do the ending tease thing like it like it did in the first one? Isn't that a spoiler if I reveal I guess that? it is. <laughs> I guess it's, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say anything. I will say it's pretty similar okay. to the first game. I mean, they'd have to, just because of what it is, mm. they'd have to be bigger and better, right? Mm. <laughs> no, it was really cool. Cool. So can you say anything else without spoiling it? Uh, yeah, well, for people who've finished Bayonetta 1, there's, there's similarities. So now that I've finished it, I can play extra characters like Jean. I can play oh, as, as is that her. A thing? Yeah. I didn't know that. That was, was in that the first a... one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Once I finished it, I just... <laughs> right, you I just moved on to the next one. I, I finished the game and then... I got out number two, and after, you know, Brianna sat there and watched me go through the whole credits and stuff, mm. then put in number two without her obviously knowing what I was doing. And so the next thing she knew was that the screen on the screen, Bayonetta 2. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God. <laughs> it doesn't end. And by the time you finish it, Bayonetta 3 might be out. Maybe. That'd be cool. Probably not. That's probably next year, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, you can... So it unlocks further characters to play as. Mm -hmm. It also unlocks the hardest difficulty, which is uh, Infinite Climax. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I'll be going through... I'm actually keen to go through all the levels again Mm -hmm. in the hardest difficulty level. And, yeah, play around with these other characters because there's John that you can play as. There's... um, Another one which I won't say because that's a spoiler for the story. Mm-hmm. And someone else who I can't remember. So, yeah, there's multiple <laughs> characters to play. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah, it's really cool that it gives you those extra things that make you want to continue playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it cool. also unlocked um, challenge modes as well. Oh. So, sort of like, I don't know how you describe it. You're just in an arena and fighting dudes over and over and over again like a kind of horde mode where there's waves of enemies that yeah. just keep coming yeah okay. and then you and then they throw a big boss at you and you complete that yeah and then you finished it and then you move on to the next challenge mode mm. and that keeps on going and that's, that's a lot easier with the new weapon they give you oh yeah that actually sounds good because i think sometimes with a game like that that's what you want you just want to grind through enemies because that's mm. Because it feels so nice. Mm. The fighting feels so nice. So you just want to keep grinding through. Yep. Mm. I will say the new weapon they give you is very Nintendo related. That's oh. the only Super I'll give. Oh. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. It's a zapper. Even though it's Nintendo. It's really cool. Is it? Do you mean retro related? Uh, I won't say. It's a Joy-Con. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say. <laughs> Well, it's, it's exclusive to Nintendo, right? Yeah, the Nintendo game. published it. Mm. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, not, so not Sega. I, I no. found out um, Sega has some sort of investment in it because Sega's all over that game. Mm. And when you finish it, it does scroll up the big Sega logo first, then it scrolls up Nintendo, then it scrolls up Platinum. Right. So mm. Nintendo published it. I think Sega. I think owns the property. Yeah, mm. so I think Platinum is. So I think Sega owns Platinum, but um, after Bayonetta 1, they started working on Bayonetta 2, and then apparently uh, 
someone pulled out who was funding it. Hmm. Uh, don't know if that was Seeger. I think it sure. was Seeger. And then, then Platinum were trying to get someone else to take it up, and they couldn't, and they thought it was going to go down the toilet. Hmm. And then Nintendo said, we'll do it if you make it a Nintendo exclusive. Hmm. And that's why it has all the Nintendo costumes and stuff. Yeah. And they were apparently worried that it, they were going to want to make it a bit more family-oriented. But apparently Nintendo said, no, it's fine. Mm. You know, There was some concept for her costume that was all, like her cleavage was all covered up. And apparently the representative of Nintendo said, can you show more cleavage? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so... It is it is more risque than the first game. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so I guess... Well, they obviously understood what the game was, mm. which is which is awesome. Mm. Yeah, so they wanted it to be Wii U exclusive. Mm. But yeah, that worked out good. Mm. Worked out good for me. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> really looking forward to Bayonetta 3. Yeah. I'll buy a Switch when 3 comes out. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then maybe we can play online. Maybe we could. Yeah. Except don't you have to pay to play online now? Uh, I think it comes in September or November or something. Hmm. It's still a while away. By the Bayonetta that, 3 is a while yeah, away. Yeah, so by that time, yes. But yeah. it was really cheap, remember? It was like $20 for the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One, and, I'm not too interested in playing online. Two, I, I don't want to pay for it. Well, the other thing was that you get access to a bunch of classic games, which you probably have already. Because mm. you've got the NES and SNES Mini. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Two of them now. Yeah. They arrived this week too. Again, I'm surprised <laughs> at like how small these things are. Yeah, they're tiny. Like I saw them in, I think, I can't remember if it was, I can't remember where it was. But anyway, I saw them and I was like, is that it? Like that is so small. Mm. <laughs> but I guess that makes sense. But they're really easy to get now. Yeah. BT dubs. Indeed. My very last thing, I'll be very quick. Um, I bought a new Raspberry Pi 3 Model B Plus, I think it's called, the newest version of the Raspberry Pi. How much are those? $56. What? Is that all? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow. You said it's high. Yeah. You what? I mean, they used the other ones are cheaper. Oh, yeah. But right. this is the latest. I think the yeah, last time I looked, model. I was expecting to pay like a hundred and something dollars. Well, yeah. that's if you buy it in a pack. Ah. So the first one I bought was a pack that's sort of built for the RetroPie. Yeah. And it comes with an SD card. It comes with two controllers. Yep. It comes with a power supply. Whereas that thing, I'm pointing it on top of our table, which has a Pi 3 sitting there, mm-hmm. just the PCB. It's just the PCB. Ah, so you'll so take like fifty six dollars or whatever. So you replace the one that you've already got from your pack. Yeah, well, mm. that was the idea. Mm. But then oh. today, looking into it, it's a it little bit like more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. it's 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 not going to be hard. Yeah, it's just more complicated than what I originally expected because mm. I thought you could just um, upgrade your image on your old um, Pi and SD card. Mm-hmm. Rip out the SD card, pop it in the new one, power it up, and it would do a bit of finding, and then it works. Mm. 
But apparently, what you really want to do is back up your SD image beforehand mm -hmm. because when you upgrade, there's certain things that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And if it does go wrong, you pop in your SD card in the new one and it doesn't boot. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, I could do that. I could back up my SD card image, but my crappy MacBook Air, it's not crappy, but <laughs> it just doesn't have a really big hard drive. So mm -hmm. I've got 20, meg, 20 gig left on my MacBook Air. Mm -hmm. The SD card for my RetroPie is 128 gig. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be backing up a 128 gig <laughs> image on this thing. So I gave up on that idea. So you decided to buy a PC? Not quite. No. Oh. A PC is a bit more expensive than a $56 Pi. Okay. Yeah. I but might I was, have been jumping to conclusions there. I've actually been kind of keen to get a PC. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of games I'm missing out on. Mm. Yeah. Like what? Um, lots of indie game stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Lots of stuff I see getting run on Games Done Quick okay. that I think I'd really like to play. Yep. Obviously, I can't because they're only on Steam. Yeah, so. right. But I'm also a little averse to go down the path of digital-only games again. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like that idea. I like a physical game. Yep, definitely. But, yeah, I'm slightly tempted to mm. get a PC at one yep. stage. Again, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, I'm really... Uh... I don't know how to describe it. I guess disappointed that, you know, I have Bayonetta, but it's digital only. Mm. I wish I could have had the physical copy of that. But mm. anyway, yeah, that's the way it goes. And coming from a from many years of building up a digital collection on the Xbox 360, um, you know, once that console's been gone, those games are gone. Mm-hmm. You don't have them sitting on your shelf and you can look at them and go, yeah. oh, I remember such and such. Mm. If, if they're out of sight, they're out of mind and mm. you don't sort of remember them anymore. Yeah. And that's not quite the case because with the Xbox One, a lot of those games are available still. Yeah. But still, it's just kind of not the same. Yeah. Having a physical game in your hands. Mm. It's interesting when I look at my Steam game list too, it's almost like... It's it's in a way it's like going back and looking at all your old Facebook photos. Like it's mm. going back years, going, Oh, I remember when I got this, you know, and mm. like I've got all the old Half Life, you know, and, and Counter Strike classic and stuff. And I remember going to um a actually it would have been an E B games and buying that pack mm. and then putting the code into Steam and adding the license to steam and so they're still on my steam account i don't know where all the boxes and stuff are mm. it's disappeared forever but yeah it's funny looking back at that and going mm. you know and i've got like games like star trek online and it's like a timeline of games that i played in the past that are now not installed <laughs> yeah yeah because i don't play them anymore and i think this is a topic we could explore in a future podcast you know what does that mean you know the whole digital game thing i mean once that um service disappears mm. all your games disappears mm. but then because they're digital download games anyway does that really matter because they're kind of an experience you have and then you move on mm. and because it's all digital you've got many thousands of experiences you can have at your fingertips mm. is that better than not having that and mm. yeah it's a really big topic i think we could go down a bit of a 
bit of a black hole in that conversation <laughs> and it would fill up an entire podcast. <laughs> yep. So mm. is that it? We're done? I think so. All right. Um, has anything else? Did you have... Oh, sorry. Did you have another... <laughs> did you have another one? Matt? Only if you want more. Yes. Yeah. More? Yeah. I might grab a beer Welcome to. So I I played Opus Magnum, which is oh yeah. Um, is I explained. it good? I looked at it and I was thinking about getting it, but I I didn't because I realized I've got so much to play. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> End review. <laughs> so the game is it's set up really similar to the previous game, Shenzhen IO. Okay. Um. Actually, no, that, yeah, that's what I looked at, Shenzhen IO. Yeah, structurally it's almost the same, mm-hmm. except you don't get emails, you just have this conversation. That's how they set up the levels. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're just talking to someone, you're, okay, the story is you're an alchemist. <laughs> you know. Like a full metal alchemist? No, like a steampunk alchemist. Okay. And right. Isn't full metal alchemist steampunk? Is it? But are they, uh, are they alchemists? Is just a name? Anyway. I've never seen it, I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's really steampunk. It's just cla- typical anime style. Hmm. Yeah. So you're an alchemist working for you know a a great house of whatever place this is, <laughs> and you know some guy you know duke of whatever hmm. says, "Oh, I need this thing," mm-hmm. and you go make it. It's, right. And it's always going to be some I don't know, chemical or whatever. So it doesn't. So you might make distilled water, or you might make. Ah. At one point, you make a courage potion because part <laughs> of the story. Potion. Part of the story is you get invaded by another house, mm. and the guy, the leader, he's nervous or whatever. Just make me a courage potion. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> and the joke is, it's just alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. Some sort of placebo. Yeah. So is this just on PC, or is it on like? It sounds like a game that would be good for mobile. Uh, I mean, it could work, but I don't think it's on okay. anything else. Mm. So after you've got your mission, yeah, the 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 game part, you you have your starting bits. The element, the, it's the classic elements like air, earth, fire, water, and you like salt and things. And you've got the thing you're trying to make, which is the shape of molecule. You usually, you know, it's just things, and maybe they're bonded together. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is a hexagon grid, and you just place paths on the thingy, and you got these arms. Basically, you you put a thing down and put an arm down, and you can tell the arm. You just give it a list of commands, so it can p- pick up the things, move them around, and drop them. Mm. That's basically all you do. <laughs> so, yeah, you're making a machine more or less to build 
the you know mm. desired product. Do so, you have to program the machine as well? Yeah, but all you do, oh, it's got steps. So all you're doing is just dragging things onto a timeline, more or less. Right. And at the end, you say loop. Yeah. You know, and if if you've got maybe five of these arms on your thing, because machines get complicated eventually. You know, it's just looks like um video editor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. just got like five tracks of things you do, and you could put place them in the right. Not just in order, but like in, with the timing. Because sometimes, you know, you've got one arm just waiting for something to be delivered to it before it can pick up, so you've got to leave the gaps. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So are you <clears throat> kind of saying that they've done a good job at making something that's like simple to understand, but oh, then yeah. gets more and more complicated? Well, the internet told me this would be easier than the last few games. <laughs> Is the internet wrong? I mean, in my case, probably, because <laughs> <laughs> my my memory of... The previous games, as I blasted through the first 20 levels or so, mm. it was probably because I got prior experience with the subject matter. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I didn't. So, you know, it got the, basically past the tutorial. I'm already spending hours on one level. <laughs> and But I think, yeah, you do get it. There's less, there's less prior knowledge you need mm. to play this game. I think that was one thing that, that also held me back from it is that it looked hard and complex <laughs> and i was like ah oh, am i up for this kind of challenge i don't know mm-hmm. would you say uh, that that's you can make things as easy or as hard as you want okay but that's all all of their games like this mm. you, even if you don't know the best solution you can get a solution mm-hmm. and move on anyway it just won't be optimal okay mm. so it's all about the elegance of Efficiency, more or less, yeah. Because yeah. when you when you do when you complete one, it ranks you. Versus, you you get a chart where how you finish versus everyone in the world, and an extra thing showing people on your friends list. Ah. Which, oh my god! <laughs> you finish something, and one of your friends has done it better than you. You go straight <laughs> back and fix it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because half the time you you do a solution, you think you've done really well, and then you, know, you press complete. It runs through the tests and does everything. And then, you know, yeah, it looks like garbage. You go, oh, <laughs> right? No, you you you're so proud of it until the thing tells you that that your friend did it in half the money, which mm. is basically half of the thingies on your board. Mm. Mm. Like, how did they do that? There's no way. <laughs> you go back and you go, oh, if it was fifty gold or whatever the currency is, I don't even know. They must have used what this one and this one and this one. There's no other way. And so you got to find a way then to build mm-hmm. your thing with only those. Yeah. Mm. So you can get crazy like that. That sounds fun. The the competition aspect does appeal to me, but oh, yeah, it sounds hard too. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then as you get further along, the thing like obviously the puzzles are getting harder. But as well, the thing I'm doing is I did this with Shenzhen IO as well. You, it's yeah. When, so when it shows you what's happened at the end. Like like you how you did versus the rest of the world. You will often see a peak and then another like the peak where you were and then another peak somewhere else. You mm-hmm. can like obviously someone's honed in on another design that's pretty common as well. Mm. Uh, so in the statistics you can see where the trends are yeah. and the way people no, that's have really cool. done things. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but you still don't quite know what they do. Yeah, and so if I finish a level and something like that's happened, I go to the forum and see what other designs people have and some uh, of them are amazing yeah just mm. beautiful works of art <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
So that's, I'm getting a good kick out of that too. Playing mm. on a video game rather than something real. Yeah. <laughs> Although they're probably people who do that, who design stuff in real life anyway. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But the best ones are usually the to look at are the because if you can get your design to be as fast as possible, you're probably putting tons of parts in it mm. to make it just do one little action over and over mm. instead of a bunch of steps. Mm-hmm. And those ones are always huge and just incredible machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. So is there like different, is there like points for speed versus points for... Yeah, so you've got the, the speed of the machine, you've got the cost to build mm-hmm. it, and then the other one is the area, like the, the space you took up on mm-hmm. the hex grid. Okay. Mm. And any one design is probably not going to be best at everything. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's funny when you look at, yeah, engineering on real machines, a lot of the time, I guess they're designed to be quick, you know, um, like machines that build, that are production, you know, that manufacture things. They're usually the number one thing is is the speed because it's got to be faster than what a human can do. And obviously accuracy is important. Yeah, accuracy. Um, but then... And reliability, I would say. Those machines are very, very expensive. And it's funny when you actually look at them and you realize how complex like a machine needs to be to be able to do something accurately like compared to what a human does because humans can solve problems on the fly, right? So when something is wrong, they can do small adjustments and they can do that problem solving whereas a machine can't do problem solving so mm. everything has to be done in a certain way and the lengths that engineers have to go to to make that happen it's pretty amazing mm. yeah and it's something that i'm only learning about since being more involved with like production machines mm. like we have a machine at work that's basically um it's it's just a heat sealer it's not even it's not even um it like it's well it's airtight but it doesn't suck the air out. It's not like a vacuum sealer. It's just a, a heat sealer. So something goes in and it basically puts a bag, puts it inside a bag, and just the expense and the amount of parts and stuff. Hmm. You know, you look at the back of the machine and it's all these wires and boards and like. You know, heaps of boards. Like, it looks like those big mainframe computers. It mm. looks like that. Mm. And it's like, what does all this stuff do? Like, it's not that complicated. It's just a thing. You put the thing in, yeah. it turns and it seals it in a plastic bag. And that's all it does. <laughs> yeah. But it's really complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I'm a bit past halfway through the game, I think. So there's a bit to go. And then, if it's anything like the older ones, once you finish the main game, there's a community built part like it's basically in the previous two it's about as big as the main game anyway but it's all user driven levels and stuff like that hmm. um less often harder than the main ones hmm. and yeah. that's good <laughs> yeah i mean it's i'm getting the same kick out of it really it's really similar to shenzhen io in the way that yeah, the way I feel about the game, yeah. It's mm. it's good and it's it's gives the same feeling. Yeah. Mm. Would you recommend which one would you recommend, do you think? <clears throat> yeah, for normal people you can play this one. Okay. <laughs> Opus yeah. Magnum. Okay. You think it's more appealing to just the general public? If you I mean 
Shenzhenayu, if you like electronics, that'd mm. be the go. But you still need to know assembly programming, right? Or, or you're going to end up learning for many it. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one you don't. It's just it's, it's steps. The programming part is just you know, you know, move left, you know, mm. grab, move right, drop, mm. over and over. Like it's, mm. it's, there's there's a few other commands as well. You get you get arms as well that can extend and retract. So there's also ex- extend and retract. It's like a user interface for a language. Yeah, one of those block languages where you, mm. you know, you drag things in and they can only fit a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah, it's a bit over my head. <laughs> I'm not not so much into games where you have to think. <laughs> <laughs> I like games where uh-huh. I'm I'm reacting. The... Um... <laughs> the mystery of what Mark likes is slowly being <laughs> revealed. <laughs> Too much thinking and it's off the list. <laughs> I like, um, yeah, spacing, reacting, yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't like having to put too much mental effort like into the a game. Mastery of mechanical <laughs> skill rather than, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the game. It's not not really like a job, but they make a joke like, yeah, it's mm. a job. Mm, job simulator. Yeah, especially mm. Shenzhen. No, it is. It's set up so that it's a job. Mm. <laughs> You're a worker in Shenzhen, working on electronics. Mm. You get email from your manager. You know, here's the, here's the product design, the manuals or whatever. Yeah, mm. yeah it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Should we move on to our last bit, or do you have more, Matt? <clears throat> no more. No. There probably <laughs> is more, isn't there? not interesting okay (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your word for it it shall remain a mystery it shall until next (laughs) podcast So we're up to the main topic of conversation. So we're doing the Battle of 1989. Yep. The best game released in 1989, according to us. So each of us uh, chose three games to be thrown into the arena. Mm-hmm. I chose Final Fight uh, by Capcom in the arcade. Might and Magic 2 Gates to Another World on the Commodore 64. Test Drive 2 The Duel on the Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. John chose The Revenge of Shinobi on Mega Drive, mm-hmm. Rambo 3 on Mega Drive, and R Type 2 on the arcade. Mm-hmm. And Matt chose Street Rod on the Commodore 64. Two. No, one. Yes, right. I'm glad you said <laughs> that because I was starting to yeah, panic. No, 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 no. I, I forgot because <laughs> something else was a sequel. Wasn't it? It's no, was right. it Hot Rod? Was the original? Well, this is like a spiritual sequel to Hot Rod, isn't it? Is it? Wasn't there? There's one called Hot Rod. Oh. No, okay, it could be okay. wrong. I, I thought. I'm just glad we played the right game. Yeah, no, no, no. I forgot <laughs> something else was a sequel. Okay. But, yeah. R-Type was the sequel. Ah, there's a few sequels in there. There's Test Drive 2, there's oh, Might Magic right. 2, there's oh, that's right. R-Type yeah, 2, Rambo 3. See, it's, it's Revenge, Revenge of Shinobi. Revenge of Shinobi is a sequel. Oh my god. 
<laughs> you know what's not a sequel? Sim City. Sim City. Yeah. <laughs> on the PC. Mm-hmm. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the arcade. Mm-hmm. Those are our nine games. And so how this will work, and excuse me, I'm reading off a script, so this is going to sound exactly like the last time we said this. <laughs> <laughs> so how this will work is we will go around the table each ranking games from nine to one. Mm-hmm. The ninth being the ninth best and the first being the best best. Try not to offend Mark so much this time. <laughs> ah, go on, I don't mind. <laughs> a game that comes in at ninth for one person will get one point. A game that is ranked eighth by one person will get two points. All the way down to number one where the game will get nine points. After we've gone through all nine games from each person, we will tally the scores and see which is the best game released in 1989. Mm-hmm. Afterward... We will also take a look at the results of the poll that was posted on Twitter, asking you, the readers, what you thought was the best game released in 1989. And there's also a couple of bits of feedback on Twitter that I can mention as well. Mm-hmm. This one was really hard to uh, rank for me. You reckon? I found it very difficult. I think, do. yeah, I think because there's such a wide variety of games, not just... Mm. systems but yep. genres that made it really difficult because mm. if you hadn't had any experience with some of these games before they're quite hard to a play <laughs> and two just get into yeah so one of the yeah and for me i also have or well, something that i realized is a challenge which i didn't think would be so much of a challenge is just that i am Essentially, totally unfamiliar with the Commodore 64. Mm. And um, that is a problem, not just, not really because I can't play the games. It's not that so much. It's more just that I am not familiar with the limitations of the system. And, you know, yeah, it's really, that makes it really hard to compare um, those games with non-Commodore 64 games Mm. and I guess I'll explain it some more when we talk specifically about the games Mm. so I won't say any more now but yeah Mm. there's other system things I was reminded of when doing this it's things it's not just like getting it to load up the game and having the disc in the thing but you know when you get to the crack throw it's the space bar you Mm. don't even do anything on the joystick and Mm. if you have the joystick set up it's probably port 2 instead of 1 which makes total sense yep I don't even so know what certain, that means. <laughs> right, okay. There's certain tropes that happened on Commodore 64 that mm. you kind of got to know what it's talking about or what you're supposed to do. And then you you've want. got the other layer of, if you're playing it on emulator, you've got to map all of those things yeah. to whatever joystick you're using or whatever keyboard you're using. Mm. And you've got to mount images to your virtual disk drive and mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. It's it's really confusing. and And... When you arrived today, John, at my place, I showed you some Commodore 64 games running on my Pi. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just, it was interesting kind of explaining it to you because as I was explaining it to you, I was realizing how weird it must seem because I was playing Might and Magic at the time. Almost everything I was doing was causing a load mm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of loads that happen. Mm. So there's a lot of waiting in between doing things. Mm. 
and just saying things like, you know, these days modern gaming, you know, people might complain about load times or they might complain about low frame rates or they might complain about screen tearing. Back on the Commodore 64, I mean, these were just load times and frame rates. You didn't, they were, they were bad. Mm. They were really, really bad. Mm. So modern times... No matter how bad it gets on these systems, it doesn't seem like anything. <laughs> but for someone like you going back to these really old games on the Commodore yeah. 64, it must just seem like complete alien and yeah. bad. It is weird because, and it's like the Commodore 64 is like this hybrid of, you know, personal computer and console kind of thing, mm. um, which is something that I'm not used to either because I guess by the time I really came along, you know, we had... Um, you know, Windows 3.1, and I played DOS games, but not very often, mm. and um, I'd have to boot back out into DOS. Yeah. Um, and Maybe even write a batch file to get it started. No, I never did that. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and then we had, like, our Sega consoles, and that was on the TV, and, yeah, you didn't really need to know code except for running an exe file or anything. Yeah, which I, I guess that's probably what Commodore was like too. But then, yeah, we didn't really play with joysticks. We just played with keyboard. Mm. And, yeah, it is weird. And all the loading, like, weird stops but in the middle of the game waiting yep. for something to load yep. didn't really happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's... It's pretty foreign to me, that whole thing. Mm. Mm. Well, hopefully in this podcast we can somewhat educate you. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. Yeah. As opposed to bad. <laughs> so let's get stuck into it. We'll go around the table with our first game, number nine. Mm-hmm. Who wants to kick off and start the controversy by putting someone's <laughs> favourite game in their last spot? <laughs> I know John particularly enjoys doing that, so no. maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there has to be some game in the last spot. That's true. That is true. Am I going first then? Why don't you just? <laughs> You're number nine, John. Okay, my number nine uh, is. He's got that look on his face again. Test Drive 2, the jewel. Test Drive 2. <laughs> now, I, it's funny, like... So I did actually play this, but I didn't play the C64 version. I think I played the DOS version. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, so... which And it's still got ninth. Yep. Well, maybe well, the DOS version no, but, is really bad. <laughs> well, it's... um, <laughs> So it's... uh, I obviously recognised that it's... I guess it wasn't as bad as the c64 version like as bad <laughs> well I, I mean in terms of i was gonna say in terms of frame rate and that right. sort of thing yeah and graphics um so i did watch i watched a video of it online the commodore 64 yeah. version yeah yep and yeah and i played it i didn't i didn't play it heaps so yeah but i think that it's really hard to it's really hard to rank these games. And so I guess part of what I was ranking it on was, I guess, my own personal enjoyment. And I was trying to think of, 
you know, if I had all these games, what would I choose to play first, you know? Mm. Um, but then there also has to be an element of critical analysis in terms of what do I think is a better game overall as well, mm-hmm. because I think that you can't, you can't only evaluate it off what you would choose to play first, I think. Mm. Um, so I tried to use a combination of those two criteria really mainly. Mm. And I think that, yeah, it's it's hard for me to gauge how good of a game it is because, yeah, I don't know um, how to explain it, but I guess it is a simulation game, right? Yeah, so it's a little arcadey, but it is more simulation than arcadey. Yeah, and I think that's probably why I would probably put it last compared to other games because I think I prefer to play something less simulator-like when it comes to older games, like mm. games from 1989. Yep. Um, I'd prefer to play a more arcade style game, and that's why it's my ninth game, Yeah, I think. I think that's fair, and I think the same with simulation-style games and sports games. They show their age really, mm. really badly yep. because... Leaps in technology, graphical quality, all of that kind of stuff mean that you can do more with the simulation and make it more of a simulation or do more with the sports and make it look like more like the sport. Mm, mm. So you wouldn't go back and play FIFA 91 or, you know, I'm just making it up at the moment. But when you could play FIFA 2018 or 2019, that almost looks like what you'd see on the TV. Yeah. So... And I think that's the same with simulation driving games, so that's yeah. kind of fair. Yeah. Yeah, but it did feel surprisingly good after watching... So I first watched the C64 video, and then I found, like, a web emulator that had had it on there, but it was the DOS version. Hmm. And But it f- felt surprisingly good um, hmm. compared to how it looks, <laughs> hmm. especially, I guess, the C64 version. And so, yeah, DOS did have a higher frame rate and did look nicer. Um, but, yeah, it felt okay. Like, it mm-hmm. felt pretty good. Definitely felt very simulation-y. And, like, it felt like they were trying to make something that felt mm. real. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, it's an old game, I guess. <laughs> it's an old game, I guess. <laughs> it's from John 1989. Pansini. Put it on the back of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, your number nine. Test Drive 2. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, Brutal. I want to say that I played tons of Test Drive back in the day. Like Two the first, or one? Where, the first one. Right. I mean, this one is pretty similar. I must have enjoyed it back then. Because mm. there was a lot of play. And I think part of it probably was because I was younger than... I was too young to have a driver's license. So, oh. You know, this is like the real or, thing. Yeah, ten years old or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, but the game I think it didn't hold up over time. Hmm. Hmm. When was the last yeah. time you played it, Mark? Uh, yesterday. I mean, <laughs> beside before that. Um. Yeah, it would have been. I'm just curious to know how much of it is in your memory and how much. It would have been recent. three or four years ago, I think. Okay. And That's yes, not I, that long then. No, but I did think it wasn't what I remembered it to be. Mm, okay. Yeah. And like I said last podcast, when I nominated the game, I said it was going to be impenetrable. Mm, yeah. And it won't hold up. 
<laughs> so I fully expected both of my C64 games <laughs> that I've chosen to be right at the back of the list. But I loved them back then. Mm. Yeah. And they were innovative back then. Yeah, definitely. So, I can, yeah, I can see how it would have been at that time. I guess it would have been really early days of, you know, exploring those kinds of ideas, mm. you know, of simulators and because mm. it, it was early graphics, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Early Me. polygons. Mm. Mm. Early 3D. Uh, my number nine, I guess I should look at my list. My number nine was Rambo 3. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just going to mark it on the list. Um, I'm, I'm sure I did play That's this a shame. back in the day. Yeah. Um, playing it again now. I, yeah, it's... What, what what genre did you call it? Top down walking around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> top down walking around. <laughs> there are a lot of good games in this genre, I guess, but I I can't stand these sort of games that where to shoot in the direction you want to shoot, you need to move in that mm, direction. Yeah, the best top down walking around games. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twin stick. No, well, Twin Stick, yes, yeah. that's, that's actually a good point, Twin Stick. Or the Twisty Sticks. Oh, um, Twisty Sticks. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> without moving the stick in any direction, you, you twist. Is that when someone's been eating Twisties at the arcade and it's, you get on there <laughs> and, and it's all... cheesy fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, you twist the stick around left or right and your character moves. Okay. Like So you can be firing behind you whilst walking yeah. the other way. Mm-hmm. A good example of that is Heavy Barrel. That's a that's a really cool top-down walk-around shoot guys game. <laughs> so I could never, I could never get into the style of mm. game where you have to point towards yep. where you want to shoot and walk in mm. that same direction. Because yep. so many times you just end up dying just because you need to shoot in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, what struck you- What struck me was how good the graphics were. Graphics mm-hmm. are really actually quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought was absolutely hilarious <laughs> was that you just hold in that fire button and mm-hmm. you're just firing that machine gun yep. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that's such a Rambo thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that that's the epitome of Rambo, right? And when just you... firing a machine gun twenty four seven. Yep. And when you're not running. He does the spray, like, yeah. from left to right. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate yeah. that. You point. can cover yeah. the whole screen just with bullets. <laughs> yeah. 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 It did, and it makes the character feel special, like, he really is, like, you're playing a super- superhero that's overpowered compared mm. to the normal soldiers that you're up against. Mm. And that makes it feel like you you really are Rambo, like, you're this really super soldier. You know? yeah. yeah. And I probably <laughs> thought about it a little bit too much, like, thinking... <laughs> You know, from the enemy's perspective, what would they be thinking? Like, <laughs> how long? How long would they be hearing this machine gun going for? Like five minutes, ten minutes down the road, <laughs> and and it's getting louder and louder and louder and louder, and then suddenly there's this guy standing there just firing bullets in all sorts of directions. Yeah, I found that really funny. It's for like some the reason. scene in Monty Python where Sir Lancelot 
in the the Holy Grail where Sir Lancelot's running towards the castle. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the guards see him from really far away. Yeah. And they're just looking at him like, what's he doing? And then all of a sudden <laughs> he's right there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I can appreciate it for what it is. And like I said, it does look really awesome on the on the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. But again, those those controls just mm. they shit me. Mm. Don't like them. It's a good point, and it's yeah, it's definitely something I've found annoying and fiddly as well. And it's almost like you have to find a way to play the game that that uh, gets around that, I guess you know. Mm. And and yeah, it gets you killed. Like what's I think more annoying is if you're running in a direction and there's a soldier who is maybe like just a step, you know, above on the screen, you know, and and you're just not quite in the right spot and then you have to stop and, like, move around or stop so that he does the spray thing. I think that's why the spray thing is in there in terms of mechanics because I think Hmm. that makes it a lot easier because you don't actually have to be so accurate with your aiming. Yeah. But I actually found myself using the knife a lot (laughs) in those situations because it, it was... As long as they didn't fire, like, right when you got to them. If you were quick, you can pretty much walk around and just knife everyone. Mm. But he's not much of a stealth guy. <laughs> Walking around firing no. his machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so that's, I think, a fair criticism of the game. What did you think of the uh, boss battles? Did you get that um, far? <laughs> yeah, I, was the helicopter the first boss? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I, I beat that. It took me a while to figure out how that... Um, yeah. shooting mechanic worked. Yeah. Because I'm trying to move the, the cursor around. It wouldn't move. You had to hold in the the fire button and then move. Yeah. Yeah. Once you got used to that, it seemed all right. Yeah. It seemed pretty good. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. It's reminded me a lot of, um, I think it's Rambo 3 on Arcade. Mm. It's It's got sections like that. Right. Where you're shooting down choppers. And yep. I suppose that's just a Rambo thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> It was it was all right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Your number eight, John? My number eight. My number eight is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No way. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Above Might and Magic. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys know how I feel about this game. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. It's when we played it. I did enjoy it, but I've got some real gripes, and that is just, yeah. Give me know. those gripes. Well, I think we talked about them on the Battle of the Beat-em-ups, but... Oh, yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> it There's a real spike in difficulty when you get to, like, a certain level. I think it's, like, level three or something. It gets to the point where it's just ridiculously hard, and obviously it's an arcade game, but, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like... It's good, but it could be better, I suppose. Hmm. I don't know if that justifies me putting it at that, that level. Then but we... when, but yeah, I guess it, I guess it again comes down to what I want to play and what I consider a good game. So hmm. yeah, so really, it's about those two criteria, and I guess the fact that I feel like it could have been a lot better makes me feel like the game isn't that great like the the work isn't that great in terms of the effort or not effort but the actual game itself mm. um 
and then also uh, I'd rather play other games that are on this list. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's really what it comes down to. And we did talk about previously um, one of the big criticisms is it's very shallow. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, once you've beaten the game, there's not really much else to do. Yeah. It's a it's a perfect example of a, of a coin muncher, mm. and that's what it was designed to yeah. do. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and I think, again, it's... It's a game that, and I've, I think I've said this a lot of times, but it's obviously designed with that four-player aspect in mind. I mean, we played it on the arcade with two of us, and it was, honestly, I had fun. I enjoyed playing it when we played it until we got to that stage, that difficulty wall, where it was just like, this is ridiculously hard. Like, I'm not putting any more money into this mm. because we could just go through lots of money if we wanted to try and finish this game. Um, so it was fun at the beginning until we got to that point. But then if you had four people, it'd be I think it'd be really fun mm. to play. Mm. As long as you could all fit around the machine. <laughs> yeah. The poor bosses that have to play the, the two characters on the sides. <laughs> Stand in that weird position. <laughs> well it's okay as long as the cab has space around it, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Your number eight, Matt? Was mine magic too. Oh, jeez. You expected this, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I did, but still, it still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I admit there probably is a lot more to the game than I found because, yeah, it, it's going to definitely it's gonna take a long time to get everything out of that game. Yeah. It's a big game. It was, wait, it was six discs? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I'm sure, yeah, I missed, I'm sure, 99% of the game. What kind of, for the uninitiated, what kind of discs were they? Just floppy discs? Yeah, five and a quarter. But not um, the same as the PC ones? No. They were three and a half? No, no, no. So it's five and a quarter, but not formatted the same. So they don't feed as much data. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think it's 160k per side and you could (laughs) flip the disc over. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't a double-sided disc drive, but you could... Turn the disco right. and get the other side. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So how does that work with the discs, though? Do you get to a certain point and then have to change the disc? Yeah. Okay. And depending on the game, change it back and forth a Would bunch there, of times. Is yeah. there, was there ever situations where there's like one loading disc where you have to put in disc one, load it, and then put disc two in to play the game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. I think you can imagine all variations. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I mean, else? I started up the game and it took a while to figure out how to get running even. Mm-hmm. Pick your party. I think mm-hmm. there's a few things. And then... Did you roll any characters or did you just go with what was given you? Oh, because I couldn't figure out at first how to get the whole party then. I, and, and then I rolled one. I didn't end up picking it anyway. Cause I, <laughs> the default team surely is normal. Yeah. And, you know, went in and walked around a bit. Yeah, loading every time you move. Yeah. Not so, every time you move, but no, every time it? you... Oh, you look at something new. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I just turned on warp mode. And so... <laughs> so I can move around at my own speed. <laughs> um, yeah, and went somewhere and opened a... Skeleton closet, I guess, and got smashed by skeletons. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you expect in a skeleton closet? Well, I didn't know. Well, it was right <laughs> at the start of the game, so I'm like, they're not going to kill me now. <laughs> They'll get murdered instantly. And so I restarted. And then, yeah, walked around a bit more, went to the buildings, 
I guess this is the. I guess you're starting the town. Yeah. Yeah. Looked around and there's people offering you quests. I guess. Oh, mm. there's one person at least that asks you to do something. Someone else that wants you to buy something you can't afford yet. Mm. And I went exploring a bit more. Found some more skeletons and died again. <laughs> <laughs> you never tried running away. No, it's the beginning of the game. Like, surely yeah, I can I kill something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I couldn't kill anything. No. So, yeah, that's my experience. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I may as well tell you my experience now as well. I had a similar experience yeah. going back to this game. Yeah. I rolled all new characters, mm. went in the game um, from the starting position, walked around that first little bit of building, went into the back. There was a wizard there. He gave me a quest. I said, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And I turned to the right and there was a skeleton closet. Yeah. Doors locked. I had a thief in my party. Yeah. Picked the lock. Failed. Okay. Picked the lock again. Success. Yeah. Walked through the door. <laughs> 15 skeletons. Yeah. 15 skeletons. It doesn't need fit all on the no. thing. No. Yeah. And I guess you're in a closet, so only the first two people at the front of your party can attack. The rest can't. Um, whereas the skeletons... Ten skeletons can attack at a time. The other five can't just because they're not on the the list. It just says plus <laughs> five more or whatever. Um, my party got absolutely decimated. <laughs> yeah. First encounter in the game. Yeah. Fifteen skeletons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just wipe you out. Ah, hilarious. Anyway, um, my number eight is Street Rod. Oh, yeah, I mean, this this is the one, I mean, yeah. This is the one. Well, it should have been difficult to get into. Not so, I think, not as hard as Might and Magic to get into. Oh, no. No, it wasn't that hard to get into. But as I was playing it, I thought, uh, probably is, I I don't know. You probably need to know roughly what you want to do. The Mm. things are there set out for you, but maybe... I don't know, did you figure out, what What did you figure out? <laughs> <laughs> did you figure out what to do? I think so. Well, the game's called Street Rod, right? Mm, yeah. So, I went out on the street with my rod. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not that sort of game. Um, and I challenged people to yeah. drag races. Yeah, yeah. I tried to challenge people to road races, but it said I didn't have enough fuel. Yeah. So, I went... Back to the garage, yeah. picked up the fuel tank yeah. and said, you need to go to the the fuel station or whatever. So yeah. I went, I did that. Yeah. Um, had a few more uh, drags, but then had a road race. Mm. Um, I thought the, the graphics were very colourful and actually really nice for that era of game. Mm. Um, but ultimately, I don't know, it was just kind of not... Interesting. Okay. Did didn't, you didn't really capture my attention. Okay. I mean the drag races you hold forward. Yeah. Besides the star where you gotta like you're you're holding up on the control to get your revs up. Hmm. Then as soon as the light goes green, you let go of accelerator, slam it into drive and then back onto accelerator. Hmm. But after that, that's the end of what you do. Yeah. Then you just hold forward. That's the drag race, though. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but yeah, yeah. you know, I was hoping there was going to be some um, 
like cars coming towards you or something like that, but that doesn't seem to happen. Don't know if that happens later. No, I don't think so. Okay. How would you say the driving felt compared to test drive? It felt very non-simulation. Really? <laughs> I thought it was really similar. Um, it is kind of similar, a bit more loose. Yeah. Yeah, the the steering in test drive is, is pretty stiff. I think it's related to frame rate. You get more frames in Street Rod okay. for sure. So maybe you can, maybe it just feels like you're getting more input, and that's why it feels more loose. Mm. But yeah, it felt fine. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that when you did get in front of another car, like the person you're dragging, for instance, their headlights would appear in your rear vision mirror. Yeah, that was kind of cool to let you know that they're behind you. I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun, and like I said, the graphics were really colourful and nice. So I actually really enjoyed it. It's a game I'd never played before, yeah. so I'm glad I played it. And I wouldn't say it's a bad game by any means, just mm. not as good as my other seven. Okay. <laughs> so I think what I got from it was that the main, a lot of the fun of the game comes from um, upgrading your cars, but then also buying other cars and... Mm. There seems like there's a lot of options there, mm. and that they're all like fairly truish to life, kind of like they feel like real cars. I don't know if they were actually real cars. I never checked, but I thought they were. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's good that they have they each have different characteristics. So I noticed, mm. I think it was the Ford Fairlane or yeah. something or other, yeah. just smoked me. Just oh, okay. destroyed whatever car I chose. I can't remember what I chose, but it just absolutely part, decimated me. Part of the, I mean, it's even hard buying your first car if you didn't know what to do. You can buy that Ford Fairlane from the start. You have enough money. Mm. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah. And then, did you ever do any of the part changes, like part I did a, upgrades? And I don't think I had enough money at the time, hmm. so I just. I could go to my engine and tune it, yeah. mm. and that took a little bit of figuring out. So you could, uh, I can't remember what, advance it, and then you could retard it. Yeah. And I stuck it in the middle. Yeah. I thought that might be the best oh, place. That's what I do. I think, I think that's <laughs> what you're supposed to do. Right. So I got a little bit into that, but not too much. Okay. Mm. So yeah, it's cool. kind of cool. number seven john all right my number seven is street rod (laughs) so um killing matt so we're killing matt (laughs) what was really funny about this was that i yeah so again i i didn't get to play it unfortunately but i did i watched a lot of videos on it and um i saw the c64 version and then I saw the Amiga version, and I was like, holy shit, this looks so much better. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it's funny how um, just the graphical differences 
I think, add to the game a lot. Like, especially those engine upgrade parts where, you know, you're removing, like, the lugs and then uh, you get the new part, you put it in, and then you put the lugs back in. And when I saw the C64 version, I was like, this is really weird. Like, why would they do this? And I think it's to make it feel like you're really working in a shop and you're you know, changing the parts over. But then when I saw the Amiga version, I was like, well, this feels good. Like, this feels like you're uh, you're actually doing something because it mm. looked a lot more real. Mm. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen that, Mark, you should have a look at it because it's, yeah, surprisingly, like, hugely different, the, mm. the graphics. Yeah. Um, Did you see the Amiga version of Test Drive 2 by any chance? No, okay. I only saw the DOS version. Okay, because I'm sure that equally looks much more impressive. Yeah, so I I had played the Amiga Test Drive 2. Oh, yeah, right. and it's, I mean, yeah, mm. looks and sounds better. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But actually, I don't think I've ever seen Street Road on Amiga. Okay. Yeah, it looked really good. And all the backgrounds, like of the different locations where you go, um, were all... Totally different, and they looked really nice. Um, and obviously the car animations. And then when you're driving the car, like, you see the whole inside of the car and the hands, like, on the wheel. Oh. Hmm. And then when you change gear, you see, like, the hand come up and change the gear stick. Wow. And, yeah, it looked, cool. re- looked heaps better. <laughs> and so it looked really good. I picked the wrong version, <laughs> Well, you haven't played the Amiga version. No. Well, I think to... Yeah, I mean, I think to... Well, I mean, we don't. I don't know if the Amiga version was released in 1989, but if it was, then to try and evaluate the game, um, it's almost yeah, it's kind of doing the game a disservice to choose the C64 version. I, uh, I not guess. Not really. I mean, again, we've chosen the games that mean something to us, mm. and this game meant something to Matt because you know his family played it with him, and, yeah, and he has good memories of it. And that's what matters. Yeah, so I think, and and that sort of comes back to what I was saying earlier about being really difficult to evaluate the game. Mm. And when I think about, you know, my criteria again of choosing something or being something that I'd like to play, that makes it really hard for me because I'm not used to the way that the Commodore 64 looks and feels... Mm. um, yeah, it's like s- something about not knowing about that system's limitations and the way the colors look um, makes it difficult to yeah evaluate the game. I guess I would say mm. yeah, um, yeah. if that makes sense. And I find the same. I have the same problem with NES games, mm. um, and that's why when I first looked at. Um, uh, what was it called? The Curse of the Moon, the Castlevania game. Not Castlevania. Uh, Bloodvania. Yeah. Castle of the Moon. Right. <laughs> Blood, Bloodstained. Bloodstained. Yeah, Bloodstained. That's, that's what yeah. its real name is. Yeah. It yeah. took me a while to get used to the way that that looked because I'm not used to NES games. Mm-hmm. Super, Super Nintendo, yes, but 8-bit NES. Well, even the Master System has a different look to the NES. Right. Like a significant yeah. different look. So when I play Master System games, I have a better understanding of, I guess, why they look a certain way. And I can appreciate 
what the developers have done with the limited resources that they had. Mm. And because I grew up playing that system, I know what it looks like, you know, and I know uh, what is a good-looking Master System game and what is a not-so-good-looking one, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I guess, yeah, that's... Yeah, it's a good point. What I'm, what that's what I found. I found it, it very challenging, mm. um, but it was good anyway. I mean, it's I it's fun to go back and look at these things, and yeah, I gain a better understanding. I know a lot more about the C sixty four now, and even Amiga and DOS and what the differences were. Mm. Like I had no idea that it could be so different graphically. Mm. Um, so I guess was the Amiga a more powerful system? Or? Absolutely. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, it's even more powerful than the Super Nintendo. Right. In some ways, I think the Super Nintendo has certain advantages. The Amiga was very powerful, but it was sixteen-bit system lot earlier. Mm, around the same time, maybe a little bit earlier. As the SNES. Right. Okay. So why would they be developing? That same game in 1989, the SNES wasn't around in at that time, was it? No, but this is a Commodore 64 version we're yeah. talking about. Right. So the Amiga version of this game, Street Rod, would have come later. No. Uh, potentially. No, I think it's probably the same year. Okay. Okay, so maybe the Amiga was significantly earlier than the uh, SNES. Yeah, so I think it did... Amiga's 87, I think, but... Um, my experience, which I always talk about, is whether my friends had it or not. Probably didn't have it until a bit later than that. Yeah. Like 1990, probably. Yeah. Yeah, early 90s. All right, Matt, your number seven. Revenge of Shinobi. Revenge Whoa. of Shinobi. Yeah. Oh, you by got... the way, I was going to say, Matt. Yeah. Uh, if it's any consolation, Street Rod is leading at the moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Revenge of Shinobi. Uh, it got punished. The reason it's this low is because it made me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's known for a brutal difficulty. Wow. It was hard Yeah, it was hard enough. And How far did you get through it? The I got to the point where you're at the waterfall level. Uh, yes. And you got to jump up this log. That's the second and the level. Stupid controls yeah. don't let you double jump sometimes. No, it's you have to be at the peak of your jump. It's no, that's very bullshit. tight. It's very tight. Yeah, and if you press it too early, then you're fucked. Like if, and that always happens. Yeah. I got so you can do it too early late. or at the peak. See, no, no you this can't. Is no. You can't do it early. If you press it too early, you won't make the jump. Yeah, but it'll it'll activate the second jump. No, no. Anyway, if you press it's it bad. too early, Whatever you won't is. get the yeah. double jump. <laughs> yeah. Basically, died over and over. I think I did pass it. But yeah. it got a bit further than that yeah. jump up yeah. the log, but I got stuck. Then on died the... soon after and yeah. didn't want to do it again. I got stuck on the same spot, and not only do you have to get that double jump, you also there's a guy there. Yeah, if you <laughs> land on him, you bounce off and fall down, <laughs> yeah. and then die. Yeah. yeah, and so the only way I could find to do it was to get the double jump and then do the attack to have my fan of blades oh. come mm. out to kill him. Yeah. But then there's a guy on the next platform, and it's the exact same situation where if you if you land on him, you bounce back and fall down mm. again. Mm. And yeah, that was a really particularly difficult spot. Yeah. yeah. Look, I can join you, Matt, because my number seven is Revenge of Shinobi as well. Yeah. And I finished this game back in the day. Yeah. 
but I couldn't remember whether I liked it or not. <laughs> Going back to it now, I realised it's I don't like it too much, mm. and it, and that was my main criticism. That double jump yeah. is so tight. Yeah. The timing is so tight. Yeah. So you can't press it early. You can't press it late. It needs to be right mm. at the right point. Yeah. And yet, so much of the game relies on that double jump. Yeah. And you can say that's part of the part of the enjoyment of the game mm. that you need to master that move to be able to you mm. know get through it. Mm. And obviously, I did back in the day, but that still doesn't make it fun to mm. me. I yeah mm-hmm. I, yeah. <laughs> and that style of game as well. I don't know. I guess I kind of usually like a, a platformer hack and slash. Mm-hmm. But Shinobi, I've never really got into too much. Even the first one, Shadow Dancer. This one, for whatever reason, I just, yeah, it's never really grabbed me. I do really like fighting the bosses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how they're very um, timing based. Mm-hmm. So you'll sort of bait a swing from this big samurai guy with his big sword who's blocking all of your shots. So he swings, and then you can jump and chuck a shuriken into his eyes or whatever, Mm -hmm. which is his only weak point. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. But getting through the rest of the game was just not cool. (laughs) Didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Does that sort of back what you were saying? Yeah, Yeah, quite exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Cool. Mm. Okay. Mm. (laughs) If it's any consolation, John... Revenge of Shinobi is leading right now. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have anything else to say on Revenge of Shinobi, Uh, Matt? Um, No. No? Okay. Uh, Your number six, John. I will say that my number six is Rambo 3. Rambo 3, one of your Mm. choices. Yep. So um, it was fun to go back and play it. And I want to play it some more. And I thought it might be a fun game to speed run. So I actually ended up looking up a speed run of this game. Oh. Um, oh, it has the timer in it as well. Yeah. Hmm. And you, you actually get bonus points based on your time. Hmm. And I also just found it fun to... So this it kind of links into the, the knife-wielding side. Because I started basically anticipating the enemies and just running up and knifing them rather than using the gun because mm. I found that a bit less twitchy, like the controls were a bit easier. I found it easier to do that. It's more dangerous because it gives them time to shoot at you, but if you're quick, you can get them before they shoot at you and if you know where they're coming from and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it is it is a fun game and I think what's fun about it is the fact that you have uh, all the different... Um, skills that he has. So you got the knife, you got the bow, and the C4 as well. Yep. And you can blow up everything with the C4. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed playing it. I think it's a a good game, but yeah, you definitely it's it's a fair criticism to say that the controls with the machine gun are twitchy, mm-hmm. and it's actually I think quite difficult. Um, yeah, you can only take what three hits. Yeah, so back to the beginning of the level. Yeah, so you've got mm. three lives, but you can only take one hit. But then you reappear exactly where you oh, died. That's right. Yeah. So and it's, then it's like, game over. Yeah. So it's um. Yeah, it's basically like you can only take three hits. Mm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so th- and it took me ages just to beat the second level. So in the second level, you you have to rescue this um, double agent, agent or something. Or something yeah. yeah, and there's three... You're in a prison and there's like three cells which are in like corners of the level. And it's always... The agent's always in the last cell no matter which ones you go to. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Doesn't I matter. thought I was just unlucky. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't matter what order you go to them in. The agent's always in the last cell. And then you have to go to the exit. Mm. And lots of enemies spawn. Mm. Once you rescue the agent, lots of enemies spawn. It took me ages to get past that level. It was really mm. hard. Um, Who's the boss after that? Then you fight a tank, I think. Did I fight a tank? I would have had to because I saved the agent and I got out. Okay. So I must have fought I the tank. I thought they were all helicopters. No, there's definitely a tank. Hmm. Maybe that was the end of level three. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I think yeah. I probably died on it, and then that was as far as I went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I didn't surprisingly didn't use the bow much when I was playing the game, except for on the bosses. Obviously, I thought you could shoot the towers and stuff with the bow. Yeah, I but thought so. It didn't too, seem to work. No, no. Yeah, it was just all C four. the bombs. Yeah. And when you do, when you knife guys, they often drop pickups, so which are your special your special weapons. And so I ended up with like because I was doing lots of knife attacks, I ended up with like ninety nine of C four and arrows. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was just dropping bombs all the time. That was fun. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's I. It's a good game. I'd like to actually get the the actual game hmm. on Mega Drive. I will say it's better than what i thought it was Mm. yeah yeah i think it is something one that's yeah you probably look at it and go oh it's based on a movie it's Mm. probably not that good but i think it's a good game Mm. the arcade's very good too have you ever played the arcade okay you should give that is that top down walking around as well or no it's (laughs) from what i recall it's running towards the screen or away from the screen shooting jets like a shooter but on foot kind of thing right Like space area, but you're on the ground. Okay. Mm. Top down. Walking around. No. Walking forward. Walking up. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) You're number six, Matt. Oh, crap. Um, This is R-Type 2. R-Type 2. So, it's it's slight punishment, but it's not really that fair. I, I don't think I ever played this very much. It's quite a rare game. You never saw it out in the wild. Yeah, couldn't have then. And um, it's hard enough that you need to know what you're up against. There's there's some element of memorization, it seems. Mm. And I I mean, I'm sure it's good once you know all that stuff, but I didn't have the time to figure everything out. Mm. Um, But otherwise... I'm sure it's great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I, it's... I took more credits to get to the second boss than um, <laughs> Captain Commando did, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I st- stuck with it. I tried to anyway. That's pretty cool. Yeah. R-Type is... The series is known for its difficulty. Mm. It's a hard game. Did you... Die over and over. that wa- the, the waterfall, and there's mm. one that goes... Falls down yeah. the water. Oh, oh yeah, I got. And God, I, I know I it's there, it. but I die to it every time. Is yeah. that where there's a actually a power up thing that comes along? Yep, and Probably, just yeah. before it. Yep. And so, yeah. 
it actually goes <laughs> up like right to where the waterfall is, and if you shoot it at that time, it then becomes a lure to where that thing's going to drop down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that. Did you use the super shot at any very much or so the the charge there's two kinds of charge right so yeah which is different from the first one where you only had one <clears throat> type of charge yeah so anytime you had a spare second you would just hold the button down mm. and to get the timing on the second one i didn't do it much really mm. but it was there's there. certain mm. spots where it's useful yeah actually in the first boss you can kill the boss in one hit if you get it right oh with that supercharge <laughs> okay yeah yep and all the power-ups, I don't know. So, you, I just picked them all up, not understanding what was going to happen. I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, our type is sort of... Um, we do want the right power-up at the right time. But our type being our type often you're just happy to have a power-up at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've got one that yeah. you're doing better than otherwise. Yeah, that's usually the case. And trying to get the, the guy, whatever it is, to... Sometimes you want him on the back to shoot backwards. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you, you'll you be, like, you'll call him back and you'll be going towards him, but then you have to dodge a bullet or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he'll go, He the AI sort of thinks that you're wanting him to go around. So you go like that and then he goes like that. And you're like, no, I want you on the front. <laughs> and you kind of, I'm doing these hand movements yeah. and no one can see. But, yeah, because when you get close to picking him up, if you move down or up, he will kind of scoot around you to your to your backside. So mm. it's yeah, sometimes you want him on the back, but most of the time you want him on the front. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, I often find that frustrating when I'm dodging not wanting him to scoot and he scoots and I'm like, <laughs> Oh come back. Stop scooting. <laughs> yeah. Uh my number six was R type two as well. Okay. Mm. And I echo all of those things that both of you said. Um I think graphically it looks pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it has some odd sound effects. Oh. Yeah, some really just mm-hmm. bizarre-sounding sounds that don't seem to fit with the game. Oh. But that's not really a criticism because it's only every now and again. Yeah. The arcade polish was, was kind of there, so... Yeah, that's, yeah. That's good. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Did you like the little video at the start? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but again, like I said, when you nominated it last podcast, John, it's not... It, it's not at the level of R-Type 1 is. R-Type 1 is very pure, very... It's it's the perfect shooter, mm. whereas R-Type 2 feels like they've thrown a few things on to try and make it a sequel, mm. obviously, mm. but they don't quite... They're, they're either not uh, as good as what you would hope them to be, mm. or they just don't work entirely. Mm. Um yeah, they they just feel unnecessary. I felt like it, it it was very very similar to the first game, almost to the point where it almost felt like it was copying the first game. Like mm. the first level, the first feels boss. the same. Yeah, yeah. The first boss is super similar. Like looks different, but in terms of mechanics and stuff, very very similar. Mm. The first level is almost a carbon copy with a few slight changes, and then the second level. Is very similar to the second level of mm. the first game too, mm. um, and yeah, it's almost like a, you know a graphical upgrade and a few add-ons here and there. Yeah, the extra power-ups, um, yeah. the water that we'd already talked about, but that's that can get a little bit frustrating because when you're trying to get out of the water, there's a little bit of friction there. Mm. Um, 
So, yeah, it just doesn't feel like as tight a package as the first one mm-hmm. and not as not as graphically consistent. Um, but, yeah, it's still cool. But, yeah, mm. not as good as the first one. <laughs> <laughs> it's still R-Type, though, which is fun. Yeah, true. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they've done a number of sequels. They've done Super R-Type on the Super yeah. Nintendo, which is sort of regarded as the third one. There's probably the true third one, which is R-Type Leo on the arcade. Mm. They've done R-Type Final on the yeah, PS2, I, I think it was. It's up there. You've got it there. Yeah. You fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all good shooters, but they're not the shooter mm. that R-Type 1 was. Mm. R-Type was just just something perfect. And mm. the rest have been, I think, attempts to try and recreate that that feeling, mm. but they haven't quite got there. But anyway. It's almost like, yeah, it's. I suppose that that first game was had that such an original feel and... I think they'd have to do something different to reach that same level. Mm. But they're kind of just doing the same thing. Mm. Um, With bits added. It's like being too scared to stray from the formula or something like that. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard. I mean, I think there's probably only one company in the world that's managed, or maybe two, that have managed to iterate on their big blockbuster games and still make them viable and fresh and just as good these days and that's probably Nintendo and Capcom mm. somehow yeah. they manage to recreate the magic every time Yeah. Um, but most other companies they have that magic once and then it, it's really hard to recreate Yeah. Mm. your number 5 John my number 5 um, my number 5 is uh it's Final Fight. What? <laughs> so speechless. We played this again tonight, and I mean, you saw me being frustrated with this game. <laughs> I saw you. Yeah, and it's uh, it's good, and I like it. But yeah, when I choose to play games, I just <sighs> it's good, <laughs> but I kind of. I mean, it's. I guess we we did finish it, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. Tonight, yeah. So it's not that long, I guess. It's such an iconic game and groundbreaking in so many ways, and it looks really nice, uh, and it feels nice to play. Um, but I guess it comes down to the fact that I'd probably prefer to play other games on this list. Mm. So, but yeah, it's definitely a really good game. Um. Yeah, so it probably just comes down really to me choosing what I want to play. Yeah, mm. no, that's fair. Mm. Your number five, Matt. Street Rod. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what to say? I mean... I can say that it's now leading. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I mean... As as one of my own picks, I'm saying yeah, it's a pretty good game. Mm. We're still high up on your list. <clears throat> yeah, um, I th- I think there's some bits in there that don't work that great. Like when you're doing a drag race, you know if you're going to lose, 
pretty straight quickly. away. Yeah. <laughs> but you still got to run the whole race anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, that happens. And you try to, when the cars are driving along, you try to pick out the ones that you think are not as good as yours. Mm. I seem to be bad at that. There's no um, slipstreaming, is there? I don't think so. I tried that. Because <laughs> as you were saying, as soon as that other car's in front of you, you're like, okay, it's the end. Huh. So I tried veering into their lane and just sticking behind them the whole time, and it didn't seem to make a difference. I mean, sometimes you can catch up, but it's not that common. Hmm. Yeah, the upgrading the car is probably the best part of the game, though. Hmm. When you've got enough money to buy parts and make your thing better. Yeah. Yeah. I and- imagine at the time, like, they kind of been that must have been a pretty uh unique idea or original idea to go in and do that sort of thing yeah. like have parts where you take off the you're actually physically taking yeah. off the bolts and then putting the different part on and I'm sure that was pretty cool yeah and even getting the right parts you you got to get the ones that yeah. are going to fit your car yeah you can you can buy the wrong things yeah. and then it goes oh, really? yeah, yeah it's so funny <laughs> that's you, pretty cool you look like in the paper and you find the listing with the right part. And, yeah. Hmm. yeah. It's like Trading Post or something yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. I didn't get around to that this time, but you do get... I don't know if we mentioned this. You can race for pink slips. Mm. So, yeah, eventually... I, I, I saw that. You can challenge for a pink slip, and I didn't even understand what that meant. means you win their car. You haven't oh. heard that term before? No. Yeah. You haven't ever Never. heard racing yeah. for pink slips? No. And if you lose, you lose your car. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so later on in the game, you start doing that, and that's, yeah, the stakes are much higher. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's a fun thing. <laughs> yeah. And in what I saw of it was that you could go up and challenge someone and... Maybe the person was challenging different people, but it seemed like he would go up and say, oh, let's race for pink slips, and they would say, oh, get out of here, you loser. And then he would just ask him again, and he'd be like, all right, let's do yeah, it. that's the trick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not doing that, you get rejected a lot. You, you challenge a car that you, you know, is clearly not as good as yours. You just ask him twice, that's fine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My number five is SimCity. Okay. Hmm. Um, caveat, I did not play it on the PC. I played it on the Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. I think they're similar. I, I don't remember. Uh, I thought they were. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I loaded up a... You should see the Commodore 64. Then oh, I loaded up a YouTube Yeah, but it's video. not like a pretty game anyway. No. Like is, that's but not, at least that, on the... There's a big difference. On the <laughs> PC, when, you're, when you create, a say, a commercial block you you see the buildings and they get bigger and build towers on the commodore 64 it's it's just a squares right yeah okay (laughs) yeah and it's just um how big the the little block how black the block gets is how 
much commercial activity is in there as yeah. opposed to you see an actual tower being getting bigger and stuff mm. like that. Mm. But um, in saying that, uh, playing it again on the Commodore 64 made me realise how much of a cool game it actually is mm. and how addictive it is. Yeah. Um, so I, spoilers, initially had this at the, at the last, like my last position in mm. my list. But then when I actually played it, I thought, no, this is, I remember this is actually a really cool game. Mm. So it jumped from last all the way to middle of the pack. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just, just really remembering how good it is yeah. <laughs> and how addictive it is. It's it's so much fun to try and, well, you do, you just build your little basic city to start with mm. and then just watch it grow. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to really do anything. You just sit back and watch. Yeah. It's cool. You can set the time, the the speed of the game oh, clock, yeah, you can yeah. speed up and just, yeah. Because mm. you can get ahead of yourself. You can build out areas that aren't ready to go yet, but eventually they might get fueled in. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. And watching, um, you know, the traffic build up on the roads and then you decide, oh, we'll probably should do something about that traffic. And yeah, yeah it's it's cool. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Even on the Commodore 64 that looks very, very basic. Mm-hmm. Your number four, John. My number four is SimCity. <laughs> oh. Ooh, SimCity's <laughs> time. Yeah. If it's any consolation, SimCity is now in the lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I um, I think I was kind of similar to you, Mark, in that it was would have been lower. Um, but then, yeah, I, I guess I didn't think... It was going to be that great, and I had memories of it from yeah, basically DOS the DOS version. Hmm. Sorry, um, yeah, playing it at a friend's place back in the day, and I remembered it being very complicated. Um, and so I had a go of it, and I started playing it late at night. Um, I think it was only last night and i ended up playing it like for hours and staying up really late and mm. um growing my city quite a bit <laughs> and uh yeah it was like you said mark like quite quite addictive like mm. the time passed really quickly yeah and i was just totally focused in growing my city and doing what needed to be done. It's like every something pops up every now and again. People are concerned about crime. And mm. so you have to put down more police stations and that sort of thing. Um, what was really weird about my experience was that I started the game. And I think first I clicked on like scenario or something. And it went into like a scenario. And then I was like, no, I don't want to play this. I just want to do like a normal city. Mm. So I started a new city. And the graphics were like... Um, olden times, like um, 1500s. And so I was playing and there was, I was putting down, you know, my residential and industrial and commercial areas. um, And there was two types of transport. There's roads and wagon roads or something, wagon Hmm. lines. And um, I was like, a bit confused about what the difference was. Like, I don't understand this. I guess it's like mass transport versus like 
because the roads were just like didn't really look like anything, just yeah. like a grey spot. <laughs> um, whereas the ra- the wagon roads looked like cement, even though I guess it wouldn't have been cement. It's like stone or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I tried to make like transport between, I guess, main areas with the wagon roads. So I made transport to my industrial areas and stuff. Anyway, I got like through the game, like played it for a while. And then I found the graphics options in the menu. And there's like lots of different, they're kind of like skins. Yeah. And, um, you could select, there's like classic Sim City, and there was like Future City and oh, Wild yeah. West and a bunch of different ones. The Commodore 64 version doesn't have any of these <laughs> things. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I changed it to classic Sim City, and then I realized that those wagon lines were like train lines. And then I was like, oh, God, that makes so much more sense. But now the way I've designed it doesn't make sense for a train. And hmm. like I completely stuffed up all my traffic. Like, I created all these traffic problems because I'd put train lines in really weird places. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense now with the classic um, graphics. And they were a lot better, too. So I don't know if they were, if that was an add-on or if it was a homebrew thing. Yeah, or... I'm not sure. Hmm. Well, I thought maybe it had come from the scenario. Like, maybe they had scenarios of different timelines. Um, because I think that when I loaded up the scenario, it was like a 1500s timeline. Okay. Um, and maybe because I did that, it switched to that, those graphics. Um, but I'm not really sure. So my recollection of scenarios was probably from SimCity 2000. I think it will give you a pre-made city and right away give you some disaster. Yeah. That you've got to fix. Right. Uh, yeah. I remember that. The other thing that was really annoying about the, um the olden style graphics was <laughs> there was like uh, so you can build a uh, a castle i built a castle and also there was a there's a jousting ring you can build <laughs> and um there's a there's the the city guard which is like your police station when i built the castle this witch came out <laughs> And she was flying around, and every now and again, she would just make this really annoying noise, oh, like <laughs> that's like she's going like it was like that kind of noise. I'm like, what the fuck? And every time that would happen, it was really loud and annoying, and the camera would focus on her. And I'm like, at first, I thought she was like a disaster or something, mm. and I didn't know what she was doing. She didn't seem to be making any damage or anything, but just every now and again, she would just annoy the shit out of me, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And there was also dragons and stuff flying around, okay. and, and I thought they were a disaster. And so I turned the disasters off because I was just trying to build up my city, um, and they were making annoying noises too. Anyway, when, once I switched it to classic graphics, the castle turned into an airport, and hmm. the witch turned into a traffic helicopter. Uh, and I think right. the dragons turned into planes. And then the, the traffic helicopter like reports on the traffic. So it'll hmm. fly like over areas that are got bad traffic. So it's telling you like there's bad traffic in yeah, this yeah. area. Yeah. And that's what it was. And like that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> it's actually useful. I think you're meant to be using classic and then go to these other ones. Yeah. So you've got that prior knowledge. Yeah, so I really stuffed up my thing. 
why well I, I mean i didn't choose it was just automatically on that like i yeah, didn't right. mean to have it on that setting mm. i was i was confused at the start i thought is this like a thing where it has eras where it starts at like this old timey <laughs> and then works its way up or something like age of empires yeah and <laughs> it never changed and i had this massive city and i'm like well, nothing's changing, and then I eventually saw in the menu that you could select the graphics that you wanted. Hmm. Um, yeah, then it made a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but the only thing that I didn't like about it was that it actually didn't seem as complicated as what I remembered. Or No, it's pretty basic stuff. All it is is you're meeting, trying to meet the demand of the different um, areas. So you have residential commercial and industrial hmm. and in the version i couldn't see it on the c64 version when i saw you playing but in the dos version or pc version there's little bars that tell you how much demand there is for each area hmm. and so then you can zone out based on demand but as i grew my city more and more i had certain areas set for like like i had high residential demand and i had open space for residential but People wouldn't move there. It's like they didn't want to live in those spots, mm. and I didn't. I couldn't figure out how to get it to go any bigger. So I don't know if you know, Matt, what I'm. I think what there's I a magic doing. sort of. Yeah, it's kind of hard to quantify. Mm. People imagine all these types of scenarios of you know people don't want to live next to airports yeah. and yeah. this and that, but it's almost like real life where it's stuff that. Many times you can't actually predict, but there is things that affect other things, yeah. certainly. I mean, that, that's more evident, again, bringing up SimCity 2000, where they don't want to be near pollution. So if you put in yeah. the industrial yeah. next to the residential, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I don't know. In in the first one, I, I had that happening to you. I didn't get why. They seemed to, My guys seemed to like being near the water. Yeah. So I just kept doing that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I had this... It was weird, like I... I'd worked out this kind of grid system with my roads and stuff. And, yeah, there just seemed to be this one area which ended up being really bad for traffic where everyone wanted to be. Mm. And there was a mix of commercial and residential there. And I put all the industrial, like, in the corner away because I knew to keep that away. Um, but, yeah, for some reason, people just, like, when I expanded more, like, away from that area, just no one would live there. And then I tried expanding in a different area, and no one would go there. And, yeah, I just couldn't seem to get it to grow anymore mm. from there. And, um, yeah, might have to look up, like, some guides to try and figure out what you need to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that, cool that was probably, yeah. It w yeah, so it ended up being a lot higher on my list, I guess, because I realized this is fun, and obviously... This is why it's an iconic game because, mm. yeah, it does really draw you in. Yeah. Mm. Your number four, Matt. It was Rambo 3. Oh, that's yeah. high up there. I realise it is high. And <laughs> I mean, may, Is this where you look at your list and go, oh. Do I regret that? <laughs> I don't know. The reason why it's up high is because similar to what you were saying earlier, John, that this is... I spent a lot of time playing it just now. Yeah. Mm. Um... Yeah, I didn't give up on it. Mm. I think I probably got to the last mission. Oh, wow. All oh, right. But I'm not sure. I didn't finish it. Mm. It seems to stop giving you continues. Oh. Either I ran out. I don't. I didn't seem. I didn't see any number mm. that was running out low. But I failed once on the last mission and then it stopped. Just instant game over. 
Oh, maybe oh. it's one of those things where you can't continue in the last level or yeah, something. I guess so, yeah. Some games did that. So yeah. it's, I'd say it's a quality game in that way. But yeah, I played it a bunch, so that's yeah, how it cool. ended up this high. <laughs> it's, I think it is a good game. Like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I said, I, like it, it was I mean, better than what I thought it was going to be. When I first loaded it up, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's a bit janky, isn't it? <laughs> I think the it, first bit you see the graphic of like, where it loads it from the top of the screen down and it's the picture of Rambo and there's no animation <laughs> but there's sound mm-hmm. um like a very distinctive sound i think that looks janky yeah. and then yeah i think the game's okay mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of slowdown in there's one level where you're kind <laughs> yeah. of running up and all these cars are like driving in front of you and all these guys come out and it's just like so much slow down yeah, i noticed that yeah yeah but, um, yeah but otherwise shot a bunch of guys did things <laughs> rescued men dropped some c4 <laughs> yeah i did that <laughs> oh, i didn't use yeah i didn't use the knife like at all i oh. i mean i probably should have because i guess would have got more other well if you ever need like more bombs and stuff that's how you get them you run around a knife and you get mm. lots of points doing it too because you get i think he starts off on a hundred. You knife a guy, you get a hundred points, and then it multiplies every time oh. up to a thousand, I think. And so, you can if you ever wanted to go for a score, that's the way you would do it because hmm. you get heaps of points just by running up and knifing them. And yeah. if you're quick, it's easy. You just walk up and knife them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, you can do it before they even know you're there, really. Um, so, yeah, it's only if they're far away and they see you, and then they turn around and shoot. And sometimes. They'll shoot like just before you hit them, and because you've got no life or anything, it's just one hit kill. Yeah. You're you're dead. Hmm. So yeah, but it's definitely a fun thing to do. Hmm. And they drop all the, they drop all the pickups, so you can refill your bombs and stuff if you need them. Get ninety nine bombs. So I noticed they would normally give you back the thing you just used. Like if I bombed the tower, at least in the beginning, it would give me back bombs. Oh okay. Or if I arrow, mm. you know, use the arrows. Okay. You know. It seemed, mm. I thought that's what was happening. But later in the game, it stopped giving things back. Mm. It was but just, I still had enough anyway. Yeah, okay. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Cool. And my number four is Might and Magic. Two gates to another world. <laughs> um, yeah, so going back to this, yeah. uh, I was reminded why I really, really loved it mm-hmm. back then. Um, because I was sort of a, I, I was into D and D at the time. Uh, so Might and Magic Two, it has a lot of that sort of pure D and D stuff of, uh, heavy customization into your characters, a lot of stats you can roll, um, a lot of different classes that you can be, races. So the party that you create can be very unique to you, mm-hmm. and uh, and some of the characters that I had. Back in the day when I originally completed it on the Commodore 64, <laughs> I, I can still were, remember. I thought you were going to say some of the characters. Ma, Ma, uh, <laughs> Ma, B, Ma, A. Yeah, and John's saying that because he saw my <laughs> my character, my characters that I did create Mars. for this particular run, which was like that because what I did was, yeah, started creating characters. The first one I created was Ma, obviously, because that's kind of the thing that I use in all my games. Mm. And then realized, oh, I need six. So then (laughs) 
I needed a cleric, so I made it Ma C. <laughs> then I needed a robber, so it was Ma R. Oh, that's then I needed a barbarian, so it was Ma B. Because <laughs> I just didn't want to... Well, back in the day... Ma A, the archer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> back in the day, making a name for all of your characters was a lot of the fun. Because mm. then it becomes very personal, because mm-hmm. it's your character. Mm. But I just didn't feel I had the time, so that's why I, mm. I did that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, really enjoyed creating all those characters again. Couldn't even type Ma the Robber. <laughs> no, you know, it's Commodore 64. <laughs> Everything's a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, then getting into the game, uh, remembering how there's just secret stuff all over the place. So from the get-go, you can walk through one of the walls um, I couldn't actually find anything in this secret little area, so it must be something that you're meant to go to later and find something, maybe a quest item, I don't know. Mm. But um, but I had a similar experience to you again, Matt, where I went to that skeleton closet and got wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> but I did run away before I lost my last character. Yeah. Can and then, you, sorry, just to interrupt, can you um, can you save your like? How often can you save so that if something like that happens, you can reload. Is that something you can do? Or are you... Because that would be really annoying if you have to then go and recreate all your characters again. No, I think, and... it, I think it saves on the fly. Right. Um, because what I was going to say is that after that skeleton encounter, I just had one character left. I wandered around the town a little bit, then went into a, into a door where there was a cartographer. And he said, I'll teach you the mapping skill. Mm. And I remembered... In this game, it never gives you, or maybe it does later on, but it doesn't give you a map that shows you the area. Mm. You learn a skill where you're mapping as you go. Mm. So you're building the map as you go along. But the funny thing was, I said, yes, I'd like to learn to be a cartographer. And the game crashed. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That was the end of my experience. I decided not to go back. Because I'd already remembered a lot of what I wanted to remember. I remembered that I really loved it. I still really love it. Um. But then when I went back into it tonight, just to show you, John, mm-hmm. it remembered that I'd lost all the characters except for mm-hmm. one, even yeah. though I didn't go to any manual save or anything. Yep. So it must save as you go along. Yeah. Um, you were, had a question, Matt? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I assume this is a game where all the materials that came in the box were important to the game. Oh, yeah. That we, we just didn't use. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, I clearly... The Mega Drive version, which is to the, my left here, the yeah. box doesn't close properly because the manual's so big. Right, yeah. Can yeah. I have a look at that again? Yes, you can. Do you want to maybe turn that heater on now? Yes, I can do that. And actually, I'll get another beer in a second too. Handing Thank you. John the Mega Drive version of Might and Magic 2. Um, yeah, the manual's really important too because... Your spells, you, you don't get a spell list. Huh. You get, when you go to cast a spell, it says casting level, and you choose one through to something. Yeah. And then it says which spell, and you've got to put in a number, one to ten or something like that. So yeah. you need your, your manual to refer to what spell huh. you're going to cast. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I still have, just the back of this room somewhere, a, um, a school exercise book. Full of notes, maps, and oh my God. hand-drawn really? stuff <laughs> of when I went through this game. It's that type of game where wow. you need to physically write stuff in a book to be able to know what you're doing. Yeah. The robber looks like the man in black from The Princess Bride. 
<laughs> the picture of this I'm looking at the picture in the manual. You know the you know the movie? No. Oh, I don't know the well, movie. You won't. Oh god. So I'll just believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like I said I didn't you guys haven't seen that movie. I didn't Jesus. play the game too much in the last couple of days, but it was enough for me to remember how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I really want to get this, but I have to get it with the manual, obviously. Yeah. This is really yeah, cool. You, you need the manual. And the Mega Drive version, I would say, is better than the Commodore 64 version. Yeah. It's got really good music in it. Yeah. Ever since we did our last podcast um, and Mind and Magic, you know, came front of mind, I've had the music stuck in my head <laughs> for weeks. Well, it hasn't been weeks, but hmm. it's been a while. This has some notes in it as well. They wouldn't be by me, though. I don't have my original Mega Drive yeah. version. So oh, yeah. Whoever's no. written in that is not me. Yeah. You sure you didn't well, check? This is you from... bought back the one that you sold? Oh, it's always possible, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I did not check that. This That'd is be from scary. Top Video in Northern Beaches. Mm, that mm. wouldn't be me. Doesn't smell like the beach. Mm. Does it smell like cigarettes? Surprisingly, no. Yeah. Semen? <laughs> Would that Surprisingly, have been Surprisingly, no. <laughs> the only markings I've made on this manual is semen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big manual. Oh, God. I don't want to destroy it, but I also want to look at it. It's about an inch thick, would you say? An inch? Oh. No, half an inch. A centimetre? Yeah, maybe a centimetre. It's a lot different to an inch. Well, you know, trying to exaggerate for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it doesn't fit in the case, and I don't know how it ever would have. Well, that is one that's become unbound and they've um, stuck oh. it with sticky tape at the back, so it's probably a li- little bit thicker than yeah. what it should be. Yeah. Nice. So that was my number four, and before we move on, I'll get another beer and turn the heater on, and did you guys want a beer or a drink or a something? I'll go for a wee. Okay. Top three. This is where the rubber hits the road, or something. <laughs> so your number three, John. My number three is Might and Magic. I'm wow. shocked. <laughs> that this is so far up your list. Yeah. yeah. Shocked. <laughs> yeah. I um. So it's obviously something that is really, really hard to evaluate because of the complexity of the game. Um, but it's something that I really want to delve into some more. Hmm. And, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of elements to it that are really impenetrable, as you said. 
mm. and there's a lot of things that are um, can be, I guess, very off-putting, but I feel like it's all part of the game and it's the kind of game that you just need a lot of time yeah, to play. You need, you need to invest in it yeah. to get something out of it. And it's something that I don't think... I don't know if I'll be able to do that, but I know I'd like to. I'd love to be able to do that. Mm. Um, so I really would like to get it. I'd like to play it some more. I don't think that'll happen. I do have some other similar games like it. So I've got one on Mega CD, which is very similar. Well, I don't actually have it, but I have it available to play. Mm. Um, I forget what it's called now, but yeah, very similar but a bit more, a bit nicer graphically because it's obviously a more modern game. Yeah. But yeah, I'd really love to delve into, you know, a story like that and, mm. you know, that sandboxy kind of game. Mm. Um, and I like the depth that's in there in terms of character creation. Yeah. And yeah. And the be- investment that you, you put into it, um, you reap that. You know, later in the game when you mm. basically, your party are gods just walking on earth and destroying everything in their yep. path. It feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> when you've got all this amazing gear yeah. and you're leveled up to, I think the max is 255, level mm-hmm. 255. You just destroy everything. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It's funny how a game like this, I mean, it's nice to have nice graphics, but it almost doesn't matter that much because a lot of it's in your imagination anyway. Mm. So, Yeah. Cool. I'd like to play it some more. Shocking. <laughs> but probably but on nice. Mega Drive. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the Mega Drive version's really, really good. Mm. Your number three, Matt. I put SimCity. SimCity. Yeah. I feel like SimCity might be... It's going to be really close to the top. Well, I'm not oh. going to reveal anything now because we're getting so close to the end, the end. that that would spoil it all. <laughs> I wonder if I just tanked my magic by not putting it so high. It seems like that could have <laughs> gone anywhere. It doesn't matter. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. It's supposed to put where you think it should be. Exactly. Yeah. So I chose SimCity because, yeah, I'd seen it as a landmark kind of game. Mm. And all I can say is what everybody's already said, yeah. I <laughs> I loaded up and spent tons of time yeah. mucking around with it. It's kind of just funny like, how these things go like what i'm finding or what we're finding from doing these battles is that yeah by the time we get to the end which is kind of the climax where we reveal like our favorite games we're like well we've already talked about it yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> but yeah 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 after you get over the initial hump i guess of having enough money to do anything yeah yeah then then it, you can really explode out you see yeah. Yeah. yeah i found it was all about yeah, basically getting as much residential in as possible, like increasing your population mm. to a point where you were making more than you were spending. Yeah. Yeah, and like I, I did with my um, game on the Commodore 64, I built my little town with the, with the small amount of money that I had, and then I just went off and did stuff. You know, I, I fixed stuff on my monitor with my Mortal Kombat cab. Right. I played some other games in the arcade. And then when I came back, I had like $12,000. And then I could buy my airport and I could buy these other things. Yeah. And, and then I left it again for about an hour. Yeah. It's cool. Does the C64 version have speed settings? I didn't look. 
Yeah, I'm okay. sure it does, but yep. I didn't look. Whenever I needed the money, I just put it up to the fastest speed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd usually have to put it down because things would start to go wrong, like crime would go up and stuff, and I'd make it slower again to try and catch up with all my people's needs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice to revisit a game like that that is so highly regarded in the historical perspective of video mm. games. Yeah. And you kind of just go, oh, yeah, it was SimCity, it was cool back in the day. Mm. But then you revisit it now and you actually realise, yeah, it's it's actually a really mm. good game. Mm. Yeah. It's so funny because I remember it being more complicated and I wonder if it was maybe that I was playing SimCity 2000 or something, but I just remembered it being really hard. But this is mm. my memory from when I was like 12 years old or 11 years old or something. Yeah. So... Yeah. Maybe it seemed hard back then. It seems really simple now. Like mm. you're simply just putting down the needed resources or the needed areas, mm. and then making sure that they're all connected with electricity and roads. And maybe what we know now is just taken for granted. Like we know mm. you put residential down, mm. then you put a road next to the residential, yeah. then you put some commercial. Yeah. It's yeah, you have a power plant. Yeah, mm. as long as you know how to bulldoze, you. You're pretty good. <laughs> well, that was another funny thing about the old-time graphics. The power plants were water, like water wheels. Yeah. So that was uh... another confusing thing because it was like I had like a water wheel. I had two choices, a water wheel or a well, and I didn't understand. Obviously, I know the difference of them, but then you didn't put the water wheel on water. You could put it anywhere, hmm. which didn't make sense. Hmm. Um, and then, obviously, the well can go anywhere, and then you have... You had water tracks to transport the water, and I just it didn't make sense. I didn't understand, <laughs> like. And then when I switched to the classic graphics, I'm like, "Oh, that's power!" Mm. And it's like the difference between a coal plant and a nuclear plant. I'm like mm. that makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, again, referring to SimCity 2000, you do do water as well as power. Right. So it must have been SimCity uh, 2000 because I think has- I remembered water as well. Yeah. And I remembered going into like this grid mode where you could see the utilities under the ground or something. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So the the first one I think is, mm, I mean, it it's okay being the first one and being like this. It mm. is. There's less complexity mm. than mm. all of the others. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, they might. It might get more challenging when you do the scenarios and stuff too. I guess it was always about building up a city and then putting a disaster <laughs> <laughs> and just destroying your city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, my number three. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic pause. My number three is Test Drive 2. Mm. 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 <laughs> is Test Drive 2 winning now? I'm not going to say. <laughs> Remember, you both put Test Drive 2 last. Yeah, I know. I was just Mm. being a a bit of a dick there. Oh, right. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said, I probably played this last time a few years ago and thought, eh, it's not quite what I remember. Frame Mm. rate is terrible, really hard to get into. When I loaded it up a couple of days ago and had a go of it, it just suddenly, I don't know, it seemed to seemed to hit me of, of what I actually enjoyed about this. And mm. I just really, really enjoyed just 
playing it again, the sounds, um, uh, racing the other driver, because it's called the duel. So mm, you're, you're yeah. racing another driver. Mm. You drive maybe a Porsche 959. They drive a Ferrari something. But not racing 40, for pink slips. 40. Mm. Not for pink slips. Um, <laughs> Um, so you both start and you race off and there's traffic coming towards you. There's police. Yeah. I'm sure this was probably the first game that had police oh. that would know. Or well, test drive one. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. You can fatally crash five times, but not six. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> you can blow your engine up if you increase the oh. difficulty so that your transmission is manual. Yeah. Oh. So you can't rev too high. Yeah. So that's kind of hmm. cool. Okay. Um, yeah, just when I went into it, I just suddenly remember what I loved about it. Mm. And it was, like I said in the last podcast, my first introduction to that sort of game where you are driving with other traffic on the road, you're trying to deal with what's thrown at you at the time. Yeah, I just really loved it. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Yes, it's dated. It's really, really dated now. Mm-hmm. But I still think it's cool. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Your number two, John. My number two was R-Type 2. R-Type 2. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess I just I just love R-Type, really. And if R-Type 1 was made in 1989, I would have chosen that. But it hmm. wasn't. It was made in 1987. Correct. So, But R-Type <laughs> 2 happened to be made in 1989, so I chose that. <laughs> Um, so you're a fan of the whole series then? Um, well, the first two are very similar. Mm. Um, and I do understand what you mean about the number one being like that very unique game mm. and that number two isn't quite the same. Mm. But I do like it. And I like the the superpower shot. That I really love that mechanic. It, it adds a real element of risk-reward because... It's not like in the first game where so that, so in the first game you power up the shot and it's just a um a a big big ball that will when you release it flies across the screen and will kill anything it goes through. Hmm. Well, big ball. I mean it's only it's not that wide. No. But yeah, it's like a super powered shot. But in this one if you hold the charge down for a certain amount of time, it then has a small window, which is probably about a second, that you can release it, and it will shoot this big, wide, like, net of bullets that will destroy almost everything on the screen. Hmm. And But you have to get it at the right time, and if you do it too late, then it will just be a normal powered shot. Yeah. Um, and that really encourages you to wait to shoot it at the right time, and it can put you in some really bad spots <laughs> mm, mm. and i've died lots of times trying to pull it off mm. yeah so it gives you that real re- risk reward element and as i said in the first boss of the first level or the boss of the first level you can kill him in one hit with that yeah. powered shot if yeah, you right. time it right yeah so yeah i like things like that um and yeah i just like it because it's our type mm. um graphics are cool yeah the music's good. Mm, like, mm. it's still got really great music. Um, yeah. Mm. So, for me, it's definitely high on the list of games I would play out of all those games. Yep. Oh, what that was, was that? Up. <laughs> <laughs> Replay. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like. 
Your number two, Matt. Turtles Arcade. Toidles. Toidles, Toidles, Toidles. Have you said Turtles yet? No spoilers, please. (laughs) Holy moly. Guess we like to beat them up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um... Yeah, I like beat em ups. <laughs> it's yeah. Um mm. heat guys mm. move right. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Fight and go right. Really, yeah, yeah. Do you it's like pretty... Ninja Turtles? I did back in the day. Mm. I was in the craze mm. or whatever. Mm. I remember the arcade machine when it first appeared. Mm. And yeah, people crowding around it. Oh and, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Mm. I, I was into Ninja Turtles too. There's definitely photos of me dressed as a Ninja Turtle. Yeah, I've, I've done um, the same, even though I was much older. Yeah, and I, and I love <laughs> the first live-action movie. It was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I've tried to get my wife to watch it, but so far she's refused. Wow. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't hold up. I found a new... Uh, I don't know about that. Hmm. I think it was pretty good. Hmm. I mean, cheesy, yes. Hmm. But, you know, it's a Ninja Turtles movie. I mean, what do you expect? Hmm. <laughs> I found this new strategy with getting her to watch things that I wanted to watch. Right. So when we're on the couch, like, you know when you have those moments when you're like, what do you want to watch? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to watch? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Something. And then now I just put it on. I just yeah. start it, whatever it is that I wanted to watch. And then you ask, so what do you want to watch? And so she'll passively agree by right. not moving or putting something else on. Hmm. That's she's an interesting th- tactic. Yeah, well, she's not going to, like, get up on the couch and go do something else. No, of course not. So, Why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do that when she's watching Love Island because I can't stand that. Right. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the video game. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I may as well. You, and I mean... Is it a bit cheating? It's a, it's another because it's an arcade game. It gets the extra polish that mm. most of the others don't. So mm. is that unfair? No, it's, it's high because well, this, it's an arcade game. It always comes back to well, like that was my whole challenge of trying to evaluate like C sixty four games versus mm. yeah arcade or other yeah yeah but yeah I, yeah it's all in, made in the same year so yeah that's right they can't be that far away. And graphical quality shouldn't really matter if the game is good. I mean, you see the indie games coming out now that are retro-themed. They're, you know, a lot of them look like NES games, but they're still awesome. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I also chose TMNT for my number two. So I was going to say I'll join (laughs) you in the collaborative... criticism and or praise of TMNT. Criticism of my choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> to put it low <laughs> um, No, I think your concerns are valid And I echo a lot of that Again, I I say again that it's it's a very shallow game I guess it comes It's personal choice, I guess It comes down to that, really Yeah, and just in relation to these other games um, mm. I think it holds up really well Because, you know, it didn't even make our list of top beat-em-ups mm yeah. Because um, there's just better beat 'em ups out there. Mm. Whereas when we're talking about the year 1989, this is just one of the best games of 1989, mm. I think. 
and it is iconic like matt was saying when it came out in the arcades there were crowds around it mm. it was just really really popular mm-hmm. and i've said this before as well but it looked like the cartoon so everyone was just batshit crazy about the cartoon yeah. <laughs> it looked like the cartoon and it looked like you were playing in the cartoon yeah. it was amazing and the, the intro the, the, yeah, the attract for the game yeah. is the, is the cartoon <laughs> yeah. it was oh, incredible yeah. It's in, it doesn't. It's not exactly the same, but as they go through all the scenes and the things mm. happen, yeah, mm. Mm. the sounds. It's playing the audio, the soundtrack. Yeah, pretty much exactly. Mm. So while I would say it doesn't, it it doesn't have much depth. So I don't have any particular, you know, um, motivation to play it now. It's it's still an amazing game for its time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just have to give it points for that. Mm-hmm. And I did. <laughs> Lots of points. Indeed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, we're wow. down to the last. What, what haven't you picked yet? What was that? That was my watch hitting the oh. to be what's okay. it. Oh. My number one. Your yeah. number one. Was Revenge of Shinobi. Wow. Revenge <laughs> of Shinobi. Yeah, so I think that the, the big problem that you... I guess you guys had with it or that, well, the double jumping thing, I feel like it's just part of the game. And so Mm. it is, I don't think that it's not like that's not intended. It's definitely intended to play like that. And it's a hard game and that's basically what it is. Mm. And um, all the, I think all the other aspects of the game are really well done. Mm. The music's awesome. I think the graphics are really good. I think all the special powers are really cool. Um, I think that it's something that... I mean, I don't know. Maybe the climate in Japan in terms of difficulty was different at the time. But I think compared to other games, I think that they really had some... I don't know how else to say it, but they had balls to release something that was... I guess as difficult as it was or or the way that the difficulty was done was different. Like mm. things like on the first level, there's guys, those samurai guys that have the swords and you can't hit them. Mm. You have to jump over them and get them from the back. Or kick them in the feet. I think Maybe. there's some timing on them. Okay, yeah, yeah, there might yeah, there might be. But yeah, it's something that it's challenging. Hmm. Um, I was going to say, my recollection of Mega Drive games in particular, generally, they were all easy. Mm. Okay. Like, That's interesting. So, uh, compared to other consoles, you could mm. more likely to finish yeah. hmm. a Mega Drive game. Well, I know when I was a kid, this game was too challenging for me, and that's why I didn't play it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I played it I, f- I played it a little bit because we had it on the Classics Collection on Mega CD. Um, but I don't, the, the difficulty was definitely a barrier for me as a child Mm. (laughs) and that stopped me from playing it as much as I would play games like Streets of Rage. Mm. Um, so, so yeah. And returning to it as an adult now, I'm, I'm open to the challenge and I appreciate the, I appreciate the challenge, I guess. And I, but I had the same problem as Matt did Mm. with that part jumping on that log man it's so hard because 
first of all, you can't even see the log. Yeah. You have to jump before you can see it. Yeah. yeah. And you do have to get the double jump right. And I was, I found myself practicing the double jump, like working out when the hell am I meant to jump? I mean, I knew that I had to do the second jump at the peak of my jump. Mm. But you also, it's not even just that. You have to hold the jump button. So the longer you hold the jump button, the higher you jump. Mm. You have to hold it down for long enough to get the longest, the biggest jump that you can. Mm. So not only do you have to press your double jump at the peak, you have to be holding it long enough to get to the highest point of the jump, then press it at the peak. And as we said, if you yeah. press it too early, it kind of like cancels out your chance. You can't yeah. press it again. Yeah, that's right. Um, and obviously, if you press it too late, it's too late. So, yeah, you have to get it just at the right time. Hmm. And you, and when you're in a pressure situation, you automatically do it faster than what you would in a normal situation. Hmm. And that's just like pinball. Like when I'm in a pressure situation, I usually miss, and I'm usually too early hmm. because you are uh, you've got that like peaked fight or flight response, yeah, that's right, which causes you to act faster than you normally would, yeah. And so I found that's what was happening because I would be able to do the double double jump consistently, but then when I was doing it on the log, I was freaking out and doing it too early, <laughs> and that was stuffing it up. Hmm. And um, yeah, and then the second thing was you would if you touched one of those enemies on the short platforms you'd fall off into the water and die. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was hard. And mm. there's definitely some niggly bits that are annoying. Um, but I think, I don't think it's anything that's not intended. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't criticise it for being a tough game. Yeah. I, I like difficult games. Mm. And Shinobi is one of those games, one of those series of games where its difficulty is part of what it is. Yeah, Shinobi was difficult. Um, Shadow Dancer was difficult. Mm. Revenge of Shinobi is difficult. Mm. So that's fine. Just for me personally, and again, this is just me, I just never really was into the Shinobi games, yeah. that's all. Yeah. So, but I certainly couldn't criticise the difficulty because to me that's that's just part of the game and yep. that's fine. Yeah. I, did, yeah, I, I could criticise that double jump a little bit though just simply because it is so difficult to do. Mm-hmm. And it is used in so many crucial mm. points. Yeah. Actually, when I was replaying it, you know, a couple of days ago, I only remembered there was a double jump when I got to that waterfall level yeah. part. Mm. Because before that, you didn't really need it. Yeah. But then suddenly, you you not only needed it, it was absolutely crucial and you needed to be perfect with it. So mm -hmm. that was particularly tough. Yep. But yeah, no, it's a cool game. Mm. It's, it, it is a cool game. Another funny thing about it is the bosses, as you go through, they have all those bosses that are themed around, uh, like, well-known characters, like Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. And the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> and yep, yep. eventually Godzilla. <laughs> hmm. But then they were revised in later versions of the game. So there's different versions of the game, and... Apparently, like the Spider-Man character, so the first version, it was just very much looked like Spider-Man and shoots webs and everything. Um, and then I think later on, Sega actually went to get the license from Marvel and were successful, and the character literally became Spider-Man. Mm. Well, and they, then, they, say, they announced it in the credits. Right. Not in the credits, in the intro. 
um, oh. Spider-Man copyright such and such. Okay. Yeah. And then there's an even later version again where the character is changed again to like some purple version that's not Spider-Man because the license ran out. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, really weird. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's really odd but cool at the same time. Mm. Anyway, that's just a little quirky thing about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, as I revisit some of these games, though, too, I think, yeah, part of it is a personal choice thing, and I'm really enjoying action platformer-type games and the challenge Mm. of the more difficult ones. Mm. Mm. Sounds like you need to play some ghouls and ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. (laughs) Anyway, we should keep moving. Uh, Your number one, Matt. Final fight. Final fight. The other (laughs) beat-em-up. The The other other arcade game. So there's two reasons why... Yeah. Hmm. That's our play. Yeah. Um, Is there much more we can say about Final Fight? We've heard it all before. Mm. (laughs) It's a good game. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good game. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's all that. Yeah, it's deeper than Turtles. Yeah. Definitely deeper. Yeah. A lot more um, range of attacks, mm. ways to get out of attacks. Um, yeah. I, like I said in the Battle of the beat 'em ups I love trying to get as many guys on screen as possible and then just try and deal with the chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because it is that sort of super fast, twitchy sort of beat 'em up it's fun to just try and see what you can do in those sort of situations. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to say about it, Matt, before I announce my number one, which uh, is Final Fight? <laughs> 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 no. Okay. So my number one is I Final Fight. Okay. when we decided to do 1989, I didn't know Final Fight was 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I agree with Matt. It's a good game. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Why do we keep saying it that way? Like... Like the Italian <laughs> nonna. It's a good game. Oh, Matt's Italian. Oh. So it makes sense, right? <laughs> but I found sure. myself saying that as well. Well, it's, you're Italian. It's a good game. <laughs> Aren't you? I, I have Italian background, yes. Yeah, well, there you go. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. We answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think there's much more we can say about Final Fight. Yeah. Other than it is a good I think game. we've beaten the final fight to death. Mm. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> we shall never speak of it again. <laughs> Until the next one that somehow manages to get final fight in the, in the battle. <laughs> so, that is it. We've probably recorded for about four hours now, yep. have we? We're on three and a half. Crikey. <laughs> I think we might have to cut some out. <laughs> See how we go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's it. We're done with the battle of the beat 'em ups. What about the feedback? Well, I'll yes, I'll get to that. Let's just have a look and see. We'll go down the list starting from number nine. Mm-hmm. So our number nine, last place. Mm-hmm. Might be harsh to say, but it's true. <laughs> Test drive two. Yeah. The ninth best game of 
indeed. <laughs> uh, eighth place was Street Rod. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excuse me as I burp. <laughs> Too many beers. Then we have in seventh place Rambo 3. Mm-hmm. Then in sixth place. This is more difficult than you think. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't order it by by the points that it gets. Uh, we have equal. It is Might and Magic oh. and Revenge of Shinobi. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. The whole world's against you. <laughs> and then well, on... At least it's consistent. On 16 points is R-Type 2. And then equal second Wait. place. Oh, wow. Equal second place. Yep. Is Sim City and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. with 18 points. Mm-hmm. And then far into the lead... Final fight, 23 points. <laughs> the best game released in 1989. <laughs> Do you remember how it did in the Battle of the Beat-em-Ups? Second. Ah. Mm. No, third. Mm. Yeah. Because there yep. was Streets of Rage remake, Streets right. of Rage 2, then Final Fight. Yeah. Okay. The, the age of the cheating Streets of Rage, having two games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we can go on to the reader poll. Mm-hmm. So, what did the readers think of these nine games? So, both Rambo 3 and Street Rod got zero points. No one voted for Street Rod <laughs> or Rambo 3. Rambo 3 is a hidden gem, really. <laughs> uh, Test Drive 2 got two points, two votes, mm. I should say. Then equal with three votes each is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and R-Type 2. Mm. Then equal with four votes each. So we actually got quite a lot of votes on this, which is great. Cool. Four votes each, SimCity and Might and Magic. Mm. Then second place with five votes is Revenge of Shinobi. Mm-hmm. So you got a bit of um Yeah, the people agree revenge. with me. <laughs> <laughs> But clear in the lead. Wait, wait, by wait. a long wait. way. The people are going to agree with us, right? By a long way. With 11 votes, final fight. <laughs> 11 votes. So we got a shitload <sighs> of votes, so that's really cool. Mm. Yes, so there you go. Cool. The readers agree with the people who are right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did you say there were other... Reader nominations or something? No? I think there was some... Uh... There's some feedback. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A couple of people actually commented whilst they also voted. Probably saying things like, why didn't you choose this game and that game? <laughs> yeah. Is that what it was? There is one of those. Okay. So Jason Aldred, who's the guy making the awesome Galencia Chaosphere for the mm. Commodore 64, oh. he says that it was a tough one picking a game from the list, but he went for Final Fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking at you, John. <laughs> good memories for that one, <laughs> and he feels it still holds up pretty good today. Mm. Some would agree with him. <laughs> Gary Arnott says, "I think I, it's safe to say that it does hold up well. I would say it does hold up well." Okay. Yeah. Mm. Good. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Like you don't believe it? <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate. 
<laughs> Gary Arnott says, final fight without question. Mm. But you can't forget Seeger's Golden Axe, Turbo yeah. Outrun, and Super Monaco GP, all of mm. which hit arcades in 1989. Mm. Mm. Super Monaco GP was good on the Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that on the Mega Drive. Yeah, so it's, that's also on the Classics Collection all right. disc. Mm. Yeah. And Misfit on Twitter simply said, too easy. But he didn't reveal what game he voted for. Oh. oh. But whatever it was, it was easy. <laughs> I'm assuming it was Final Fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, that's it. I'm assuming he voted for Revenge of Shinobi. Yeah, yeah it could have been. <laughs> Pretty unlikely. But could have Statistically been. unlikely. <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System forums at gamethesystem.co. You can also reach out to us via email at feedback at gamethesystem.co. You can reach me on Twitter at Mark's Tweet. That's at M-A-R-C-S underscore tweet. John and Matt are Huego and BSS on the forums. Please rate us on iTunes in the podcast app when you're listening to the episode. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and click on more episodes. Scroll all the way down the bottom of that and you'll see ratings and reviews and a bunch of stars. And you can click on whatever you think we're worth. Some would say five. Others maybe not. Um, And lastly, thank you to our sponsor, 1989 Arcade Bar and Kitchen. Check out 1989 for classic arcade games, great beer and great food at 22 King Street, Newtown and at 1989.com.au. And we are done, Mm. and we will see you next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. That was a long one.